a lot of the reasons why I booked Jane the Virgin, I mean, there's, I mean, you can't give it uh, the credit to any one person or thing. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things that led up to it. But I think probably the main credit is that I decided. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, everyone? I am so excited about this next episode with my friend, Andrea Nevetto. I mean, to be honest, I I really don't think that I'm going to be able to give a an intro to her that is worthy of the amazing that she is. Um, I will just a little brief background that Andrea is an actress. She is a season regular on the TV show Jane the Virgin. Uh, she also does film as well. She recently just uh, created her her first piece as a director, which is just totally impressive. Not easy to do at all. Um, I will be promoting that when the time is ready for me to do so. And you know. The thing about Andrea that I really want to focus on, not so much of her her resume, but the incredible person that she is. I mean, wow, truly. I mean, not only is she an actress, which is a really difficult career path for anyone to have and and to, you know, to keep, to uphold in a very healthy uh, way, the way that she is, but she's a mommy, you know, she's, she's, she is a very self-driven woman who does this dance with life where, you know, she's balancing her career, her marriage, her, her you know, relationship with her kids, um, and especially the relationship that she has with herself. She doesn't slack. She, you know, she nourishes her mindset. She nourishes her body from within. She cares very much about her, her well-being because she understands that you know, her well-being directly influences everything that she cares for and that essentially is her life. And and that's such an alignment to, you know, the whole message behind Black Belt Beauty, which is why to have her on as a guest and to feel her support the way that I have felt since meeting Andrea is, is I'm so grateful for it, so grateful. You know, I listening back to this episode um, in preparation to to send it over to my producers. I cannot say how many times I was cracking up and cheering, like "fuck yeah!" You know, just literally reliving this amazing conversation that I had with her, and you know, getting this kind of invigoration again from just listening to her. Her story; she's an incredible storyteller. So I I hope that you're ready for this one. It's a little bit longer than the previous ones, but you know that that's definitely something that you can is going to be a part of this podcast because when the energy's there and the conversation's flowing, I am not trying to stop it at all. Um, so I hope that you're ready for this. Um, I firmly believe that you're going to walk away feeling inspired and motivated and and feeling empowered that you you can get after it and do whatever it is that you want to create for yourself in your life. And Andrea is the perfect most beautiful example of that. What's so interesting too is that, you know, she's so open about her vulnerability and her her 
kind of these moments of wavering doubts or not, I don't like to use the word doubt because I don't think that she doubts herself. I think that the best word is just areas of vulnerability, which we all have. There is not one, you know, person who is kicking ass in life who doesn't have these moments where you kind of question yourself. And I love how raw and real she is, um, you know, on that subject. And I think that in my mind, you know, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll get to it with the episode, but I'm a firm believer that to be very strong, you have to equally be very kind of soft and sensitive. And that's what makes us pliable. And, you know, I mean, the great way to put it is you can't snap a string. And I feel that Andrea is a beautiful representation of of this very strong and, you know, soft woman who's just creating her life to be everything that she wants it to be. And so... Yeah, let's get to it. I'm excited. I can't wait for you guys to let me know what you think about it. Um, She's dope. Her social media handles are at the end of the episode, so follow her because she's just, she's so much fun. And uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Andrea Nevedo. Okay, I'm so excited. Thank you, first of all. This Thank is you. so special to me. I'm so, so excited to be here in support of you and this endeavor. And I know that it's not easy to, you know, take on a challenge like this and put yourself out there and say, I'm going to have a podcast, you know, and, then so on, and battle all those inner voices that tell you, who do you think you are? Why are you having a podcast or anything <laughs> like that? But I'm excited because I've gotten to know you uh, over the last, I don't know, a couple of years as my makeup artist. And we totally clicked. And I, I love um, your philosophies and your way of thinking. And I I love to be here in support of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel it so much. And it's so, it's really, it's everything you said. Is I mean, the reason why you can say that I feel, you know, knowing the self-talk and all that stuff that you have to kind of battle through and is because you live it. And so now I get to say that, you know, upon meeting you, first of all, it's the it's my favorite part of what I do for a living. It's not the eyeshadow. It's like that real connection that isn't necessarily always made. Mm-hmm. But when I do have that feeling with someone, it's so like I have with you, it's mm-hmm. so special to me. And, you know, you, I said this to you earlier, um, when I first started Black Belt Beauty, the blog, mm-hmm. it was with this intention that was all about supporting and kind of journeying through this process with like-minded women like yourself who are mm-hmm. just getting after it in life, who are, you know, how I see you as someone who believes that she can have everything that she wants. And and that stems from, you know, a, a feel-good mindset to a body that feels good to a body that looks great ultimately all leading to this kind of high performance in life and then a life that reflects it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in all, in the conversations that we've had when we've worked together, I'm always, I always leave feeling so inspired, so mm-hmm. refreshed, so feeling like what a fucking badass woman. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Truly. Well, I have to say, you know, when I hear you say those things about me, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know that I, I quite live up to that. I was like, oh, if she only knew. Like, you know, like what? I don't know. I mean, I definitely have high standards for myself, and I don't think I ever quite meet them. 
And and maybe that's what gives a perception to people on the outside that I have it so together and I so don't feel that way at all. I'm I'm oh I it's it's hard. Do you it's think hard. that I think so that having high standards, first of all, I think is a very brave act, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pursuing those standards is an even more courageous act. And then right. I feel that you saying you're not actually living to it, I think that that's the magic bait. Mm-hmm. If you felt like you were living to your standards, what what would keep you chasing for right, more? Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. I how I see this is it's not so much about you're just like hitting every mark at a mm-hmm. hundred, but it's more about the pursuit, the yeah. relentlessness in your pursuit, and so. Actually, that okay. So that's a great segue to mm-hmm. going back because you're from the Bronx, right? Yes, from, born and raised. Uh-huh. Okay, let's. Okay, can you tell our listeners mm-hmm. a little bit about your upbringing, where you come from, and kind of how you came to be uh, where you are right now? It's, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a big story. Sure, I'll, I'll try to not make it go too long. No. Um. So yes, I, I was time. born and raised in the Bronx. I, I'm my family is from Puerto Rico, but my parents kind of grew up in New York too, so they're very very American. Um, but, you know, I just grew up, grew up kind of kind of poor. Uh, there was a time in our lives that we were on welfare. That was not easy. Um, I My parents split when I was five, and then my mother remarried, and uh, that marriage was really um, not healthy. Yeah. So it was it was there was some violence there was uh substance abuse and um other types of abuse that i that i experienced personally as a child i was sexually abused so um so it was a challenging upbringing challenging yeah. i mean I feel like, I guess I wouldn't change things because it kind of has made me who I am. And, and I feel like I'm um, a very fierce mother mm-hmm. because of the way I grew up. And um, Fierce woman. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank I'll you. Say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so I mean, in high school, even in when I was little, I always wanted to be an actress, but I didn't think it was a possibility. So, how, how did you, what was that feeling? How did you know that? Because you're I would just watch TV and like movies and want to be doing what they were doing. I, I, I would feel this like pull, and, and in my head, I would say, I want to do that, I want to be that person. Would you actually, um, would you visualize it? I, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's so funny. I even remember, and I don't know if it will happen, but I just remember like all the things happening to me as a child. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to write a book about this someday. I love that. (laughs) I was like, this is pretty wild what's happening to me. You know, I don't know if I ever will, but, um, yeah, I remember thinking like there was a part of me that could remove myself myself from myself and be observing myself and observing the people around me. And I remember thinking to myself, there's a better way, there's a better way, a better life out there. And uh, these people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't wait to be an adult so that I can be in control and I can control my destiny and where, who I'm hanging out with and who I'm exposed to. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. That's dope. I'm yeah. sitting here smiling because <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've heard 
anybody else say that, not to say that I'm the only one, obviously, who thinks this way, but mm. growing up writing my mm-hmm. whole life, um, I feel that my inner wisdom ha- is a result of my ability to have, when you write, you know, it's kind of like this third mm-hmm. person thing that's happening, right? Yeah. So I've been able to observe myself my whole life, too, and that's I've been great. able to kind of separate, you know, and live um, in the story and outside of the story. Yeah. Too. I could say that too. I mean, even when there were times, like for example, when I was a teenager and I was 14 years old, I met this guy named Pete and, um, he was like a go nowhere guy. He was really not going to school. Just, yeah, not good. Toxic. Um, and he liked me, and so I liked being liked, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I and I think when you're a child of sexual abuse, you confuse sex or um, physical attraction with love. Sure. Uh, and so for me, it was just like the fact that I was being noticed and and was thought I was pretty and stuff like that was just so irresistible to me and I, I just really wanted that to continue to have that feeling so um I wound up dating this guy for three years so from age 14 to wow. 17 how old was he he was probably two years older than me okay and um he was violent oh wow he would hit me yeah um and I mean I was having sex at age 14 yeah I mean Right. I, you know, at one point, I mean, really wasn't going to school and I would like leave my house as if I was going to go to school and I would go straight to his house. Wow. And um, it just really it wasn't good for me. But there was a part of me always that was like, Andrea, what are you doing? Is this the life you want for yourself? Like, what are, what, what are you doing? There's a better there's a better way. And um, so and I was having sex unprotected, too. I'm sure at 14, yeah. you're not thinking about, yeah, no. totally. And then like one day, I think it was like age 16, I I was like, I have to get on birth control. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and I I told my mom and it was so hard because I didn't know where to go, what to do. And I Were was, you close to your mom or what was not that really. dynamic? I mean, I'm, I want to say that I was, but... Because um, that's pretty I, brave. I know. I, I, I'll, I'll give my mom some credit. I mean, look, she was a single mom raising okay. two daughters in the South Bronx. Yeah. Working right. full time. Um, and, you know, she had less than proud parenting moments. I will say that. But I can't say that I would have done any better. Yeah. If anything, I might have done worse. <laughs> so my hat's off to my mom that she didn't freaking kill us. <laughs> Seriously. She yeah, I mean I'm I, I like to think that people are always doing their best. Yeah, to, exactly. To, to to their ability in that moment. Exactly. Right? With what with what they with, got, with, you know. What they were equipped with. Totally. You know, there's no parenting classes out there. There's nobody right. has then every child has to be raised differently. Sure. And all that other stuff. But anyway, I was brave enough to finally just go, Mommy, I, I wanna go on birth control. And I was afraid she was gonna get mad and stuff like that. And she was like, Okay. Um, that's rad. I'll look into it. And so then she reached out to my aunt who was in healthcare Mm -hmm. and, um, she, they just connected me with her on the phone and my aunt, Titi Lola. 
<laughs> I love that woman. She was like, so you want to go with birth control? Okay, we're going to have you come in the clinic. You'll go to a gynecological exam. And then I had a gynecologist who was a man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was my first gynecological exam, and he was so handsome. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> I was like, really? I've never. That's amazing. Is this happening to me? You're. You have a hot OBGYN. <laughs> it was so handsome. My God, it's terrible. That's amazing. But but anyways, and so I um yeah I started going on. Oh uh, no, and I and here's a funny conversation that I had with my boyfriend, his Pete. I said, you know, I before I talked to my mom first, I was like, I wanna. I think I'm thinking I wanna go on birth control. And you know what he said? Oh no, what? He goes, why? Wow. And, wow. oh, my God, when he said that. That was It was just alarm. like, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I go, well, I said, what, do you think I want another little Pete running around here? Oh, shoot. And he was like, <laughs> ooh, he got mad. <laughs> but it was like, I just kind of got started getting really tired of, like, what was happening. Yeah. Just, like, really fed up. And so I went on the birth control pill. And then from there on, I just was just waking up, really. Sure. I was just starting to just become so aware. What the fuck are you doing, Andrea? What do you, you want to go to college, don't you? Don't you want to do stuff? And um, there was one day where he was, I don't know, we got into some argument. And he was threatening me. And um, he had a pit, he had two pit bulls. Mm -hmm. One of them was a dog that I knew would bite me. Like, and the other one was very nice, but this one was like a crazy dog. And he was trying to sick the dog on me. So he had the dog on a leash. Oh my God. I know. This is a crazy story. He had the dog on a leash and he was like antagonizing me with the dog and like pushing the dog towards me and like getting the dog angry. Wow. And I, I knew that dog would bite me. Yeah. I totally knew that dog would bite me. And I said to him, I, I had to be smarter. So I said, oh, you're such a tough man. <laughs> you need your dog to put your girlfriend in her place, huh? You're already acting. <laughs> I, was like, totally. I was like, you're so tough. And he was like, yeah, I'll lock this dog up. I said, yeah, lock the dog up. Because that's all I could think of was I got to get this dog away from me. And then um, he locks the dog up and then he comes back. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> now, I, now I still have to deal with him because I know sure. how he is. Right. And um, he started poking me in the head. Oh, you're so tough. Come on. You're so tough. Come on. What you going to do now? What you going to do now? Antagonizing me, antagonizing me. And I fucking lost it. I went batshit crazy on him. And I just lunged at him. And literally, I we were in a heap, in a ball on the floor, fighting. Shit. Fighting. I was I'm, so angry. Like, there's a part of me yeah. listening to this yeah. where it's like, I'm angry for you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, she didn't know jujitsu yet. I didn't. My, which I, did I can't not. wait to talk about. But, like, but let me tell you damn. something. I so gave him a run for his money. I'm sure you did. So much <laughs> to the point that he had to pull a knife out on me. Oh, shit. To stop me. Because I was so, I mean, I think it was the anger of seeing my mother get beat up yeah. as, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things that happened in my life. And then, you know, a couple of years of being abused my, by my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I just freaking lost it. And he pulled out the knife. And then I was like, oh, my God, now what? And literally, he he's so dumb. I actually was <laughs> able to do the reverse psychology again. He had no idea what I was doing to him. 
He's such an <laughs> asshole, stupid. And I said, oh, you're so tough. You got to pull a knife out on your girlfriend. Wow. You know, you can't handle me. You got to use a knife. And I Good for you, though. This is, I mean, your intuition. <laughs> that's really special because oh I don't God. think many women would, or girls, mm-hmm. especially at that age, yeah. they're not going to have that ability to just go to that <sighs> space in their mind. It's more like, fight or flight. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. So you were intelligently. Well, you know, and I mean, I had let him hit me all that, all those times because that's what I saw when I was right. growing up. And so I thought, well, this is what happens in relationships. Like I thought that was normal. Yeah. And, um, it was, uh, shortly thereafter that I broke up with him. Good for you. Because it was just like a switch went off. And ever since then, I've never attracted a guy like that in my life. I've No one has ever raised a hand to me. And if anything, oh, now it's out. Like you've got like ammunition in your yeah. back pocket too oh and jiu-jitsu. God. And yeah, that's, first of all, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there's parts of your story that I can connect with because my mom was also physically abused by mm-hmm. my father as were me and my siblings, and mm. my dad was a strong motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would kick our ass, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about that? Well, let me two parts. One, it's almost in my mind, it's almost like you had to kind of get that out of the way, like experience a guy like to, that. Yeah, exactly. I needed to do that for you to understand, like, actually, no. This isn't how, this isn't my story. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is what I experienced, but this isn't going to be part of my story and, right. and my my process and my, my life, essentially. Um, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, um, it's interesting because those that know me and don't know that part of my childhood, mm-hmm. I don't think would ever guess you know, that there had been, like, that my dad used to kick my ass and beat my mm. mom so much that she had to run away. Mm. We didn't know where my mom was for five years, but she had to do it to save her life. Oh, my God. So it's, wow. yeah, I'm dropping this, like, nobody knows this shit. But nobody knows it, and this is, I'm kind of turning this back to you, because my siblings and I, for some reason, we've never owned it. It wasn't mm. this personal, we didn't take it personal. It's mm. kind of like, we just, it was part of what happened to us as kids and you know there are some you didn't internalize things. it yeah in like sense, it just right? it never it. stuck you mm-hmm. know it just that's kind good. of like it's very good when I feel I mean I you're such a light you know mm-hmm. that's how I receive you and I know that that's Thank how you. I mean it's it's how others receive you you know people that we know mutually mm-hmm. would say the same thing mm-hmm. and so you. it's interesting how you know I didn't know that about your childhood until mm-hmm. now I would never guess it. And I feel like it's that same thing because you don't, you know, some people aren't able to do it that way. And and they really hold it and it becomes like there's this ripple effect that's gnarly. And it's super negative effect in the rest of their life. Yeah, Right. There's this thing called, you know, there's post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and then there's post-traumatic growth. Mm. Um, which is where I feel like... I've never heard that term. I love that. Isn't it great? Michael Gervais. uh, I want to say that's where I heard it from Michael Gervais, sports psychologist. It's so great. And it's... Post-traumatic growth. Yes. Right? (laughs) Makes complete sense, though. I mean... Because that's what I feel... We'll pick it back up, you know, from that moment for you. But 
I, listening to you and knowing you and your life now, I mean, that had to have been your process, right? Yeah, I would say, and you know, I'm going to give credit to my parents as well, because um, like, for example, my mom, yes, she was in an abusive marriage, but when I was 12 years old, um, uh, she, I saw her leave him Mm. and, and I saw her work towards leaving him. So before, like the year before, um, she got herself enrolled. We were on welfare at that time, but she got herself enrolled in this like work study kind of program. And she was, I remember her doing her homework, uh, coming home and she'd have to learn, like practice stenography and practice typing and do all her homework to, in order to get this certificate, certificate and graduate from this program. And then she graduated from the program, got immediately placed at Merrill Lynch, Mm -hmm. was working at the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um... I saw her do all of that and get that full-time job, then write this long letter to him, mm-hmm. left it in the apartment. We She got us a new apartment. We moved out mm-hmm. and, that, and didn't tell him that we were leaving, and she just left the letter there. Wow. And that was it. And that was like I saw my mom get her stuff together, like yeah. bite down, you know, and... That's powerful. Show a lot of grit and just do that. And so that was huge. That was tremendous for me. So I don't know that if I didn't see my mom do that, if I would have made the choices that I made. So, she, sure. so you know, you learn by example, I totally. think. So you can, like, I always say, I say this to my husband, I try not, you, I try not to preach to my kids. I mean, I do, I find myself sometimes, you know, telling them a lot of stuff, but... They need to hear it, but they also need to see it. Lead by example. Lead by example. Yeah. And so I like introducing my kids to to see me when I'm nervous. I'll I'll tell them when I'm nervous about something or I'm scared about something, mm-hmm. and then um, I'll do it anyway. That's and I, so badass. And I want them to see me do that. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. And and so even like being out here in LA now, that yeah. was like a huge like out of stretch out of my comfort zone, huge brave move for me to be out here and separated from them. Um, right. And they they have seen that the choice that I made created a be- a bigger and better life for all of us. I mean, granted, right. we have some separation, but it's created amazing opportunities for me. And thereby giving them a lot of cool opportunities. They were living here in L.A. for two years, going yeah. to school. And they've had, like, you know, getting to be on the set and, all, you know, traveling and all these other things. So it's been awesome in that way. It's exciting for yeah. them, I'm sure. Yeah. but So so that's the credit my mom gets. Yeah. Um, and then my dad has always been um, all about education. Mm. He loves school. And he, you know, he was in jail... Um, I think when he was 19 for a year, he went to Rikers. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> like, and he likes to say uh, he graduated from Rikers U. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, that's, I feel like that's legit, too. Yeah, because yeah. he got his GED when he graduated, you know, oh, really? out of Rikers U. Oh, yeah. wow. I was putting it in Literally. another way, that's, Wow. I love and it. And he was, and, and well, prisons for him served the purpose that it's supposed to serve, mm-hmm. which is, he was like, oh, I don't want to do this shit again. Yeah. I am never going back to prison. And he <laughs> never. learned. Yeah, he, he was like, and he never did. Um, but he got introduced to education in Rikers. Oh, wow. And um, he was taking courses through NYU in Rikers. And then when he graduated, I mean, graduated from Rikers. 
he, um, he kind of did. Yeah, he, he he came out with a GED and he went right into co- college. And wow. then as, when I was a kid, he was working full time and he would take me once in a while to one of his college courses and I would sit in class with him, like a physics class or something like that. And he introduced, like he planted the seed of education in me. And then he would take me to see plays. He would take me to see dance recitals. He'd take me to the museum. He loved art and and drawing and sketching. He wanted to be an artist. Oh. Um, he did not choose that path, um, yeah. but he wanted to be an artist. So he would take all kinds of art classes, and he would um, take me. I can remember taking me to the Met, and um, we'd ha- he'd bring sketch pads and, and pencils, and he'd how cool! Give me a pad and a pencil, and say point to the statue and say sketch that statue wow and I don't know my sketches weren't that great but you know it was like that kind of thing so I think I get my love for learning from my father and then also I think my love for the arts from my father wow Um, what a cool dynamic so you got the fighter and the doer from mom and kind of the thinker Mm-hmm. Right from your the dad. Thinker from my dad for sure. We are so much alike. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh that's Girl, so funny. This is crazy. My mom, you know. So like I said, my mom had to run away for five years, and she kind of she left literally with the purse on her back. Right. Oh my God. And then you know, five years later, when we reunited with her because she just figured it out, got forceful on my dad, whatever. Um, we saw my mom roll up in this gold Mercedes. This like Damn. fur coat. Damn. Seriously, Ugh. like blonde hair. She's Get sitting with dark here. hair. Obviously, I have black hair. Uh-huh. Just this whole other woman. And we were so young. Oh, this sounds like so, a great movie. I she always says oh. to me, she you oh my god. We have to write a oh, I love this. Wait till you meet her. She yes. honestly, she's a legend. And I always say she's like, I want you to write my story. Yes. I'm like, Mom, I don't know if I could do it because it's so per it's hard, mm. you know. Cause she has lived through some serious wow. shit. It, you know um and so we see this woman and she is fierce Oof, and i love it that yeah image. she owns her so my mom does hair um uh-huh. you know she owned her own business she had her condo in palace verdes like wow. she just she did it and it's so so you know and then and then I, after that you know so we end up moving and living with my mom um and just watching my mom always being so aggressive towards, you know, whatever it is that she wanted to pursue and and never limiting herself. Like, she mm-hmm. did not have this. She does not. She's still here, mm-hmm. briefly. Um, but there's, like, this limitless mindset that mm-hmm. I we've always seen with her. Cut to my father. If you take away, you know, the the physical abuse part, mm-hmm. which I think just has to do with his upbringing and you know the culture or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, my my father actually he got his PhD at some crate like at twenty four some shit like that from USC. Wow. He is beyond intelligent. He speaks in riddles. Mm. He's a fabulous storyteller. Like, it's insane, actually, how smart he is. And I I remember that so clearly growing up, like a modern philosopher, truly. Hmm. Um, And now, at 39, six months away from 40, Mm -hmm. so crazy, um, being an introvert and spending so much time with myself, because I have this, and I know that this is, we're so aligned here, there's this, like, insatiable thirst for learning and so I'm constantly downloading information 
you know, whether it's by book or by podcast or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm constantly learning and like going in different rabbit holes like that. And I feel like that's such a, and I love to think about mm-hmm. things. And I, so I, I, that for sure comes from my father. So mm-hmm. fighter and the mom, thinker right. from the dad. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I love it. And I, I'm all about, like, I love audiobooks yes. because, and podcasts because I don't have, real time to sit down and read a book by the time I I I, the only time I really will sit down and read a book is at night Mm -hmm. and I end up falling asleep I know it's a relaxing five ten minutes so it's so hard for me to finish a book (laughs) me too I'm like thank god for podcasts and audiobooks so I that's how I educate myself and then sometimes when I listen to an audiobook that I really really like that really resonated with me I'll get the hardcover same or hard hard copy and then go through it that way and highlight highlight and your yeah. like, doggy tear, whatever the page yeah, yeah. In the same way <sighs> you know what's cool about that my brother um mike he because he he's he listens to a lot of really intellectual talks and things of that nature but he he pointed out that listening to information there's so much power in it because you can't get ahead of it mm. whereas in a book you can kind of like skip a sentence and and go forward you know what I mean and our eyes tend to jump ahead anyways as we're reading exactly so listening you can't do that and so it kind of and I I I definitely feel like it's made me a better listener Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I think that there's value in that right I could totally see that it's really cool okay so to go so you knew you wanted to be an actress your parents were supportive Mm-hmm. Right? And by just well, example? Yeah, tell well, me about not, not, not necessarily. They weren't unsupportive, okay. but they weren't necessarily supportive. I mean, they just were sort of in the middle. Um, so after I left my boyfriend in high school, I really started to focus on school. I mean, I, I was literally getting Zs. That was my grade. <laughs> you know, you've got the A, B, C, never heard and D that. letter grades. Well, Damn. I was getting Zs, and that was because... <laughs> I just wasn't showing up. I didn't show up to the high school for almost an entire school year. Oh, I, you, well, I'm about probably two because I was surfing and shit. Yeah, I was horrible. Isn't that funny? We're such lovers of learning. Right. I think, I don't think, well, that's a whole other podcast or a whole other conversation, but the education system is just so anti-learning. It's like. I agree. So, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But, um, so, but then when I decided, well, I just decided, and this is what's cool and what's so powerful is you could just decide. Totally. You just change your mind and your whole life could just, it, there's so much power in that. In decision. Absolutely. And so I was like, I'm going to be a good student now. That's, see, and, <laughs> it's incredible. And then I became like an honor student. That's like I was like getting 4.0. I went from Z's to 4.0 just because I decided. Cause you decided. Yeah, I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do now because I want to go to college. That's so incredible. <laughs> so I went to, to be really honest, to the only college that accepted me. And I had to convince the administrator because I didn't have the grades, like the grade average. Yeah. You know, to get in. Um, but I, I think I wrote a bomb ass, like, you know, essay. And, um, he he liked my essay and and then I had a, a teacher who was my mentor who who advocated for me and um, we went in and I, I went to interview and he he's like wow your grades are right <laughs> and he goes but your last year is very good and and did you write this essay and I'm like yes I did and he goes wow it's very good 
and uh, he goes, I, you know, just I would through talking with me, I, you know, he gets to see that I wasn't, you know, the type of person I was, I right. guess. Yeah. And he goes, I like you, and he goes, I'm going to give you a chance. He goes, would you have to have the grades, or I won't let you come back. And sure enough, in college, I had uh, I was on the honor su- honor roll again. Where was the college? Was it- Old Westbury College in Long okay. Island. Okay, cool. Um, and I didn't know what my major was going to be. I had never verbalized to anyone or myself mm-hmm. that I wanted to be an actress. Okay. I knew that if there was an opportunity to do a play in college, I might try. <laughs> and sure enough, that first semester, I saw an audition sign on, on the wall. Yeah. And my heart fluttered. Oh. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, <gasps> it was like I took my breath away. And I was like, oh, there's an audition. Oh, audition. Oh, it was a play. And then I, I was like, yeah, I want to go. And then within a split second, Another voice was like, you can't do that. Oh, shit. You you don't have any acting experience. You can't compete against college actors. Who do you think you are? Wow. And so, and then I started having this, it's like, you know, the devil, totally. the angel on your shoulder 100%. conversation. Like, no, you should go. You promised yourself that you would be open to trying new things when you got to college. And so you've got to try. And then the other voice is like, well, yeah, I don't, you're going to be so nervous. You're going to mess up anyway. And la, 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 la. This is going back and forth, this conversation in my head. So then at one point I was like, okay, I'm just not going to go. And I just tried to leave it at that. And I walked away. I mean, it was just, a, I saw the dates, but I made a mental note of the dates of the auditions. <laughs> filed that away in my brain. <laughs> And then um, as time went on, I knew the dates were coming closer and closer. And then finally, the voice in my head was like, you don't ever want to look back and have regret. Yes. Yeah. You have to go. You don't have an option here because you're going to be kicking yourself if you don't. And so I made myself go. It was so nervous. Oh, man. And um, the audition turned out to be not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I wound up getting a, a part. Great. I did the play, the rehearsals, and I was smitten, so in love. I mean, I was like, I have found my calling. This is it. That's amazing. That was my uh, first semester freshman. Oh, wow. And then um, when I was done with the play, the teachers in the theater department were like, so have you decided on a major yet? Oh, really? And I was like, no. And they're like, but do you want to you major in theater? Really? Yeah. That's so special. Yeah. What a validating moment. Right? Yeah. You know, that is a validating moment. I didn't realize that. But I had another validating moment when I graduated. Okay. And I was a senior. Um, so four years of, you know, doing theater and, mm-hmm. and plays and stuff. And there was uh, a teacher, her name was Georgia, that she um, never gave a compliment. Ever, ever, ever. No one ever heard a compliment come out of this woman's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> and she had that kind of like stern face and everybody was kind of scared of her. Yeah. She was, you know, but, you know, she was one of the theater teachers and she did a lot of plays and stuff like that. And um, uh, my last semester towards, towards graduation, she pulled me aside. She says, Andrew, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what you want to talk to me about. And she goes, I just want to let you know that I think out of everyone here, you have a real chance of making it. And I just want you to know that. That's major. And I was like, oh, my God. That's emotional. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that helped me 
That, sure. Those words help sustain me because it took me a couple of years to like even get an agent and, oh, yeah. you know, professionally to just establish myself and, and that kind of thing. And that just, you know, along your journeys, there's always those little angels mm-hmm. totally. that are, are there to like, I feel like they're planted there to, to, to whisper in your ear, keep going. Absolutely. You're going in the right direction. Yeah. And that was one of those moments. That's so rad. Yeah. How special. And I feel, you know, it's kind of cool because I imagine, you know, I imagine she must see me. Sure. Yeah. TV You're out whatever. there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would hope that she sees me and says, oh, good. I'm glad. Oh, I you know. would. I can't imagine her not. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, Georgia, but. Yeah. I'm sure she's. She's proud, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, And she yeah. probably feels really good because she's like, I knew it. <laughs> I, knew. I saw it. Damn, yeah. I'm good. She's, and she was <laughs> like, I wouldn't say this to anybody, you know? So was that meant a lot to me. That's so special. Yeah. Damn. So, okay. Um, so you go through college. You get your degree in theater. Yeah. Um, your parents at that point... Oh, so when I told them I wanted to be a theater major yeah. and I wanted to be an actress, this was their reaction. My father said, well, I guess you'll be living with me for a while. (laughs) (laughs) And in my head, this is what I said. No, I won't. Oh, shoot. (laughs) And I didn't. When I graduated from college, I lived with him for six months and I was out. I had my own apartment and I was was living on my own, supporting myself. Yes. But um, so he says, well, well, I know my mother said, well, I, you might as well learn how to type. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all I hear when I hear that, though, it's just this old kind of mentality which makes sense because yeah, yeah. it's not you know it's just the different time periods mm-hmm. and what you exactly know, our parents kind of came up how they were brought up and what you know was happening in their time mm-hmm. um it's so funny because um i mean it kind of made sense because so she didn't say this is what i thought my parents were gonna say are you crazy yeah you'll never make it you'll never make a living you'll be starving like all, all those kinds of like negative things uh absolutely not we're not gonna pay for your tuition or you did that's what I thought I would hear. And wow. so all I heard was, well, learn how to type. <laughs> that was my mother. <laughs> and, and my father was like, well, you'll be living with me for a while. And, well, since you're going to do this thing called acting, we might as well learn about it. And he took me to a bookstore. That's so amazing. Yeah. And so then he was like, you have to learn the business. Yes. It's a business. So he t- we, we, we asked someone in the store. They showed us the right direction. And... He was like, find some books about the business of acting. And sure enough, I got a book called The Business of Acting. <laughs> and I literally used that book when I graduated from college on how to get an agent, how to get my headshots, how to type a resume, how to send your, you know, cover letters out and all that. That's so great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, your parents are amazing. Right? Yeah. I don't think seriously. they realize, I don't think well, they realize how great they are. Shout out to your parents. Right. Because... <laughs> You know, oftentimes I think there's just kind of projection that takes place with mm-hmm. with parents, people in general. Yeah, and but they it's can't like the separate, fear. And they can't yeah. separate themselves from you exactly. as an individual. Like they, they think you're one. Right. Uh, like on a subconscious level. Right. Yeah. And that's not and so clearly they didn't do I mean, they still have their reservations sure. again, but that probably just stemmed from their, their time period. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but the fact but the overarching 
thing that they gave you was we support you. Right, exactly. And wow, that's so cool. And that's another validating moment too in a mm-hmm. way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I did not get a no. Yes. It's so important because validation is such an interesting thing. More so, I feel, now than ever when you have, like, social media, which is in so many ways beautiful because mm-hmm. this connection thing that happens yeah. and your ability to kind of reach so much further. Right. Um, and influence people in a positive yeah. or negative way. In a positive or negative. Yeah. But the validation thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, that's, I mean, that's, we can talk about that later, but the, it's it's gnarly. So it's kind of like... You know, there's this post that I haven't put up yet, but whatever, I'm putting it out there. Like, validation is for parking. And I love it. I think about it all the time. (laughs) I I haven't put it up yet. But it's not to say that we don't, that validation isn't important in life. Mm -hmm. I think it's about keeping it in check. You know, how much do you need it? Who do you need it from? It's like saying I love you all the time. If you say it too much, it kind of loses its... Right, it can. You know, unless I, you're I, in my family, because we all will be like, "Fuck you, I love you." In the same <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, yeah, words have value, but if they're overused, they can you they can lose their power, and I think that the act is more important. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The action is more important. Um, but you know what? The funny thing, the opposite of validation, what is someone telling you you can't oh yeah and that's and i've and or 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 doubting you and i've had those experiences too and it has been such fuel for me (laughs) i wish you guys could see her face right now (laughs) beautiful woman's face for example things just grew yeah please (laughs) um and i love my husband but i'm gonna i'm gonna be real honest so before i booked jane so i want to say like mm, five or six years ago I was more a stay-at-home mom. I was, I've was i always been acting. I was acting before I met my husband. We've been together 20 years, right? So I was always acting. Amazing, so, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, so I want to say like maybe six years ago, my husband and I were having an argument about finances. And he literally said this to me. Andrea, when are you going to give this acting thing... Um, a time period like have you decided when you're you know you're gonna say enough is enough and it's really just not working <laughs> I laughed because right. I can only imagine you from that face you just right. yeah no no <laughs> I was like what a gift what what excuse a gift. me he probably just oh, it was a gift it was yeah. truly a gift yeah because it made me so fucking angry <laughs> that he would say that to me because I felt like he stabbed me in my heart Because I was like, oh, you don't believe in me. Yeah. You don't think that I can actually do this, Mm. huh? Mm -hmm. Ah, you don't get me. And you don't get an artist's way. You don't get the path. You don't get that, that, you know, there is faith. You have to have faith unseen. And I always knew just around the corner. I always knew just around the corner that that I was going to make it. I've always and I've I've been making it up to that point because yeah, I yeah, had yeah. been working. Yeah, I just had not broken a certain plateau. Sure. So Jane the Virgin for me is a huge plateau break for me. Yeah. Um, and um, I literally said to me, "Oh, you! Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, you fucking watch me. You watch me. 
Oh, I was so mad. So yeah, that was a gift. Wow. You know, so here's he like, must have been so turned on. I'm sorry. <laughs> like this hot Latin woman, like, you better Ooh. watch me. Like <laughs> I was ugh. Just Ugh. like, damn, baby, show it me. It made me so <laughs> mad. Wait, so that was six years. So you've been on um, Jane the Virgin for five years now? Oh, uh, no, it's that... been uh, three and a half, four years. Three and a half, four years. Okay, cool. So you mm. were at that. Wow, there's a few things I want to say about that. Mm. Um, so you were close to getting uh, getting the work with Jane the Virgin, mm-hmm. season regular now, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what I want to go back to really quick is... When you said you you always knew you were right around the corner yeah, from something, yeah, I knew just right around the corner. Yeah. So I want to <laughs> I want to kind of unpack that a little bit because I love that and I I really connect with that. Like I always feel this sense of transition that's happening, and it's as if I'm getting closer and I'm getting warmer and mm-hmm. I'm getting like it's like everything is almost like I can almost touch it. Right. 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 Um. When you say you always felt that, was that something like throughout your life or was it more of, you know, in with the acting thing where you just... I would say my life, really, life. as a child, yeah. I just knew that, um, I don't know, on some level I, I, I was on a journey or I, I just knew that I was in control. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't there was just always been a heightened awareness I remember as a child. Um and I was excited to become an adult to just kind of like create my life. Yeah. That's what I like. And I remember thinking that as a little kid, like five years old or six Incredible. years old. I remember thinking that. Um, I always knew that I would be successful in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what was success to you in your well, mind? Well, it was money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> in a lot sure. of ways. In a lot of ways because I didn't, we didn't have money. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I always knew, like, I would get, I, I I, I wanted a house that had stairs. Oh. <laughs> this was... It is so I love it. Like, stairs on the inside of the house. Okay. Like, because I grew up in apartment buildings. Yeah, no, it makes sense, right? actually. And I, and I remember watching, like, uh, the Brady Bunch, for totally. example. Totally. The running down the stairs. You know, they, and all these, like... They lived, like, this, like, beautiful, beautiful suburban life. Right. And, like, you know, they're just, like... Happy, you know, perky, perky, every nice house, nice yeah. furnishings, nice clothes, and and their bedrooms were upstairs. Like that was like a big deal to me. And I was like, I am gonna have a house that has stairs, and the bedrooms will be up there. And That's I mean, incredible. I have that now. That's you know, so and badass. I love my house. And I, I love, love it. that the stairs, are, the bedrooms are that upstairs. Is special. That to me it was success. That's and, fantastic. And, and um, I always knew I wanted kids, and you know. Uh, so yeah, you're a mommy of two. Yes, yes. My daughter's thirteen. Her name is Ava. And Nico ten. So cute. Um, yeah. So I was saying to you today, you know, it's like when I first got here, I started getting a little blue. Yeah. Because they're in New York and I'm here. And I travel every two weeks while we're filming Jane. Okay. Jane gets shot out here. Um, That's taxing. I'm yeah. Sure. I mean, it's like, I don't know, you know. I'm like, I hunker down. It's like I put my horse like a blinder, a horse yeah. with blinders. And I... Get after it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't get too um, caught up in being sad or missing them mm-hmm. because I just try not to allow myself to go there. Um, but 
it's when I have a reason to be out here. Yeah. <laughs> like, so when I'm filming Jane, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as I see them every two weeks, I'm good. Like I need to get my fill because two weeks is my limit. If I go more than two weeks, I feel like insane woman and I'm like a zombie and I'm, I don't know who I am and what I'm connected to. And it's an awful feeling. So two weeks is, is the limit. But, um, it, so we just, I just finished filming, uh, the first half of season four and uh-huh. now we're on hiatus and um i stayed this weekend because i wanted i'm directing for the first i can't time. wait to talk about that yes uh, a spoken word video so we'll, we'll talk about that so that's what's kept me here i could easily have gone home this weekend but yeah. i kept myself here because i chose to do this project and so we finished shooting on sunday i was exhausted all day yesterday just kind of like recuperating from uh, the season and this week, past week was particularly hard. And then now I woke up today and, and I'm getting ready to get on a plane tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at pictures of my kids and my husband. And my son had a recital, I think it was yesterday, that I missed. Um, and it's as soon as like I don't have a reason to be here, I start to get really anxious and feel yeah. like I got I got to get to well, who am I without my kids and yeah. this is horrible and they're growing up and I'm still out here and oh. next thing you know they'll be big and I will miss this time <laughs> I start going over and over in my head and I go oh god and then I go but what's the alternative not not pursuing my dreams right not and then I could I could be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. um, and I've done that for a good amount of time too and I could be a stay-at-home mom because they could use me and but then I go, I know I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, and it's also like, Ugh. I think that to be a, you know, a wonderful parent is also, I'm not a mom yet, but mm-hmm. it's it's ha- it's going to happen in my life, I believe that. And I would want my kids to, or child, to witness me getting after it in life. You yeah. know, like really pursuing what I love and being all in about it. And, he, you know, it's interesting I, I don't really believe in balance or maybe this idea of balance where it's like visually, if we had to kind of paint a picture, it's like I'm juggling and everything's yeah. just easy. No. I feel like it's one or the other. It's, you know, it what, really is. You know what the raddest, <laughs> the two words that a friend of mine put together, I wish I could take the credit for it, but I can't. Mm-hmm. It's dynamic equilibrium. Mm-hmm. So, because what it means essentially is like, for example, when you're here and you're working, you're all in. You're right, here. Exactly. And you you can't be anywhere else because for you to be you and do things the way that to the standards to which you you hold yourself mm. that you want to be doing it, um, you have to be present. Right. Right? Exactly. And so and then I'm sure when you go home or and you go and you're with your your husband and your kids, you're all in there. Exactly. And you're present. So but to try and uphold both it's like I think that's where it gets messy yeah yeah exactly um you know I've I think I got this from Oprah or some or something some one of those shows but you there's no real like doing it at the same time or multi even just like multitasking it's not a real thing it's not a real thing yeah it's you're focusing on one thing or the other and it's the same thing with being a mom and 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 being an actress or following my career. But um, also, I feel like women, <laughs> you know, we kind of get the, like, short end of the stick. But then again, we don't because we get a lot of benefits. But um, 
you know, you you think, oh, women can do it all. You know, you sort of hear that, that like, I don't know, it's an unspoken kind of thing that, oh, women can do it all, or she does it all, that woman does it all, it can mm-hmm. have it all. Yes, but not at the same time. Absolutely. Yes, she can be a career woman, and yes, she can be a mother and a wife and whatever else, but not, I mean, you never stop being a wife or a mother, but you can't do it all exactly at the same time. Yeah, you have to kind of compartmentalize mm-hmm you know, the roles, exactly. essentially. And even just, like, childbearing age. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, we have an expiration time, you know. Yeah. There's, like, a certain window that we, so, and it's like, do you choose your career or do you choose to have babies? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, you have to stop one for the other sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you can't really do it all. It's just like, you have to yeah, separate you, the two, which is hard. Even and if it's temporary. It's, exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's what I did when um, I had my kids. Um, I kind of pulled out of acting for a little bit. I mean, kind of always had like a little toe in the door. Yeah. I don't fully pull out. But um, when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. and then my cousin, who was 36, died of cancer and left three children. Oh, shit. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I... I'm waiting for my career to take off. Like, what? Yeah. I could be blue in the face before that freaking happens. And I was, um, well, my daughter, I was 35 when my daughter was born. So okay. um, I was like, fuck this shit. I want to have a family <laughs> and I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And so that's what I chose to focus on for a good number of years. And, and I, when they were really little, I just really wanted to give them my imprint yeah like they needed my imprint there was no way someone (laughs) else that's a great way to put it yeah no one else is raising you i'm gonna put my stamp on this that is beautiful (laughs) as you should or you know if if that's your feeling and and obviously if you have the ability to do Mm. that it's a beautiful thing i know that i would want to do that that's how i will go about it yeah yeah yeah. absolutely yeah yeah and but the funny thing is is then you know, that was to the sacrifice of my career, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then there were several years that um, I wasn't really acting as much. Um, in fact, I wanted so much to be home with my kids that I was turning down a lot of auditions that would take me out of town, which meant that, you know, if you don't go on an audition, you're not yeah. going to work, right? Right. So the agents that I had at the time, I had been with them for many years, and I really loved them they Mm -hmm. were really really great great agents um but i get a call one day in december and i want to say my son was three years old Mm -hmm. Uh, my daughter was six saying andrea your contract is up for renewal and we've decided not to re-sign you um because you didn't make enough money wow and i was like wow okay and i kind of was expecting the phone call too because i knew that my heart wasn't in it Sure. Like acting wise, I literally had lost my passion for acting. I thought that I was going to quit. I really, when they, when that phone would ring, mm-hmm. I would dread it because I didn't want to go to an audition. I want to be home with my kids. Wow. And, um, and I was depressed too because also the other thing was I, I was like, oh, I haven't acted in a while really. And my career didn't get to where I thought it would at this point in my life. And Maybe I just don't have it. Mm-hmm. You started doubting yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so when I got that phone call and they dropped me, it was like 
a huge wake up call. Well, first of all, I went into a very deep depression. Okay. I went to a very, very dark place for about a month. Okay. And then in, so that was December. Then in January, a friend of mine who's an editor by trade, but is an aspiring writer director. Mm -hmm. He called me to say, Hey, Andrea, I got this play I'm going to produce. It's called Frankie and Johnny. And it's really great. It's a two act play, two person play. And I want you to play Frankie. And I'm like, Anthony, that's really nice. Thank you. But you know, I've, I've quit acting. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes. <laughs> he goes, what? I said, yeah, I, I quit. And he goes, you can't quit. <laughs> you quit. Even seeing you say those words, I can't even take you serious. <laughs> There's just no. There's I was like- so dead on serious. I even my acting teacher, who I'm still friends with, at the time I said, hey, I quit acting and I have this box full of acting books. Maybe you want it for the studio. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, give me the books, baby. What do you mean you quit acting? That's, so, it's almost like you were feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. Oh, no. I went into a nasty place. It was not <laughs> It was not fun. And so then he goes um, to my friend Anthony. He was like, Andrea, I, I hate to hear that. Please don't say that. He goes, look, read this book. Read the play. Let's just let me just, just let me send it to you. Just read it. Don't Don't answer me. Don't say no. Just read the play. And I went, all right, fine. Send me the play. And so he mails it to me. This is before email. <laughs> wow. I get, uh, well, it wasn't that bad, but th- there was email. But um, And so <laughs> I get uh, I get the play and I'm like, let me read this damn play, whatever. And I mean, like, it was like, you know, I was so resistant the whole way, kicking yeah. and screaming. So I read the play and from like the first few lines, I was hooked it, it was such a good play written by Terrence McNally. It became, a, originally it was a play, and then it became a movie starring Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. So oh, that was so, no big deal. So, yeah, no. And so <laughs> this incredible. was just like, you know, a way the hell off Broadway, you know, yeah. play uh, that was going to be produced in New York. And so I read this, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to play this so bad. Like, I just That's loved hilarious. it. But then again, you know, there was a f- there were a few problems with it. One, there was nudity at the beginning of the play and like a full on like, you know, sex Sexing. act. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm a mother now and my husband oh. will not be on board with this because <laughs> it was a very sexy play. And um, I'm like, and how, where am I going to get babysitters? And I just can't do this, but I really love this play. And I'm like just going back and forth over and over. And so for me, the lesser of two evils was, okay. If I don't do this play, he's going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. He's going to cast someone else in that role. Then he's going to invite me to come see his play. Then I'm going to show up. I'm going to be sitting in the audience and I'm going to look at that person up there and I'm going to be kicking myself. That's so badass. That I said no. <laughs> oh my so, goodness. I love yeah. your mental process. Right. Your, yeah, yourself. It's like I had to incredible. play it out. Right. So then I was like, no, no, no. So then I talked to my husband. He wasn't excited about it. But he goes, well, if you can get babysitting, then fine. <gasps> yeah. And I was like, all right. And I I got on the phone. Miracle of miracles. I found a babysitter to come into our lives. And I mean, the pieces just fell into place. And we were rehearsing five, six days a week in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And the first rehearsal uh 
we we it was an incredible first rehearsal and when we walked out it was me the director and the other actor mm-hmm. uh joe uh i just felt like i reconnected with that part of myself i had lost connection to the actress part of me sure for a few years because i had been so focused on my kids makes sense and, and i wanted to be it was a yeah. choice that i made but I really lost touch with that. And a lot of mothers go through that too. It has nothing to do with like being an actress necessarily. It's like you, children are so engrossing, you know, yeah. when you first have your, your kids, you know, you just, it's like, it's You're all about them, right? It's all about them. And it's, it's, it's built that way because it's supposed to be, I it's that's nature. That's, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with letting it be all about them. Totally. Right. Um, but sometimes what happens is moms lose uh, their sense of self sure through that and i want to like w- if my ch- my kids ever have kids i want to you know especially to my daughter i want to express to her you know the lesson sure. that i've learned um so that's another conversation well we can talk about that another time yeah. but anyway so i um so what happened so i turned to anthony after that first rehearsal we walked out and i and i literally had tears in my eyes and i and i said to him th- anthony thank you so much for this, I forgot all about this part of me, and it means so much to me that I'm getting to do this play. So, so we rehearsed for like, I don't know, two months, whatever it was, and we had like two or three weeks of performances. And I invited the agents that had dropped me. Hell yeah, you did! <laughs> so I invited them. I feel them. like I'm watching a movie right, right? now, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I invited them. One of them shows up with her husband. And she she came to see the play, so that says that speaks volumes. That yeah, she showed absolutely. Up. And then I said to her, "Hey, I I want to have a meeting with you when the play is done. I would love to have a meeting, sit down meeting with you." And she goes, "Sure." So a week after we closed, I went into the office, and um, she goes, "So what's up?" And I said, "Well, I would like to be a signed client again." And she goes, "No." Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, no, Andrea, the business has changed so much from when you started 10 years ago, and you have to work 100 times harder than you did when you first started. How long were were you with them? I was probably with them maybe 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe like 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And she goes, you've got to work way, way harder than, than ever. And she goes, we'll freelance with you, but we won't sign you. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. I I would take it for granted if you just immediately signed me. I'm going to prove to you. This is kind of like the the moment with your husband. With my husband, totally. exactly, exactly. It was it was like that. I, I like the challenges, I guess. Sure. And so so then, um, sure enough, the first two things that they sent me out on over the next month, mm-hmm. I I wound up getting flown out to L.A. to screen test. Mm-hmm. Didn't book it, but I did get picked to screen test. And then the second thing I booked. And so a month later, they were like, Andrea, we would like to sign you as a client again. And so then I was with them. I'm not with them anymore, but um, I I was with them for a few more years. Were you with them when when Jane the Virgin happened? Jane the Virgin, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of the reasons why I booked Jane the Virgin, I mean, there's, I mean, you can't give it uh, the credit to any one person or thing. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things that led up to it, but I think probably the main credit is that I decided I believe that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I love the statement of the, that there's power in decision. Yeah. Um, and, and I love, yeah, again, your mental process is just so, I mean, this is why. This is why I had to have this conversation with you because 
when I'm so, it's so inspiring to listen to, it doesn't mean that your process is, there, it's not easy and it's not like you have it all figured out. Oh, no, not I, at all. every single day I go through the turmoil of doubt. Sure. And um, not feeling good enough, mm-hmm. not feeling talented enough. I go through, I mean, every, like today I was thinking, what's going to happen after Jane? Will I ever work again? As an actress, will I ever make money again? Um, should I be squirreling my money away now? I mean, I am saving money, but, you know, maybe I'm spending too frivolously. Like, I, I like, have these conversations in my head. It's kind of torture. It's funny. It's always about the distance between, you know, it's when we go so far ahead and that space in between that can either provide... It, well, it depends. Like, I feel like oftentimes it creates this kind of discomfort. Mm-hmm. When we're in the moment, though, and you really just look around and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, what's happening right now? Right. Well, I'm sitting, you know, by the beach. I'm drinking matcha. My kids are healthy. My husband's not. You know, I have this wonderful, and you know, realize all the wonderful that is yeah. happening in your life. Right. Outside of the things that you still want to fulfill. And it there's peace. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Well, what I, what I also... When I start to think that way, then I go, I see how I go these back and forth conversations in my head. It's like I'm schizophrenic. But anyway, um, so so then I go, well, Andrea, think about where you were as a kid. Yes. And everything that has happened and led up to this point in time, I have been blessed all along the way. Like every so, so many wonderful things. My, my life has just gotten better and better and better. It has not gone backwards. I am thinking about specific things that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, There was one question, which is, do you ever stop and realize how far you've come? And you just totally went there. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so beautiful and it's so important because, again, it's like, you know, and I write about this a lot in Black Belt Beauty, but the, the bait of more um, is always going to you know, perpetuate this, like, we're always looking in that direction of, like, more, more, more. If we don't stop and realize what we have, and then even to kind of dive deeper into what you were just saying, but when there is a worry, Mm -hmm. some kind of anxiety or a doubt, because essentially, you know, you're a path creator. That's how Mm -hmm. I view you. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you deviated from this kind of traditional, this norm, whatever you call it, I'm holding up quotation signs, but... Mm -hmm. And you're like, fuck this. This is my story, right? This is my masterpiece. And I'm 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 gonna intuitively guide myself every day and mm. and go for it. And whatever that means, I'm 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 gonna do it. And that's what you've been doing. Mm. So to have these moments where you stop and reflect and go, I have only been growing and thriving and succeeding. So why the fuck would that change now? Exactly. I'm a wiser, exactly. I'm the best version of myself than I've ever been. So if anything, I'm going to just advance all this stuff mm-hmm. further. You know, you're mentally stronger. Exactly. You're, so I go through it too. Yeah. So I love it because yeah. it's such a, it really resonates with and, me. But I like to share that I go through it because I think sometimes people perceive me, I don't know how people perceive me, but like, you know, what I could imagine they perceive me as, oh, look at her. She's on a TV show. Sure. You know, and I get my hair and makeup done. So <laughs> it makes me look good. You need you know? nothing, but yes. <laughs> you know, well, thank you. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, it's like you look at these images on TV or magazines or whatever, and I go, oh, my God, they're, they're so beautiful. They look like they have it so together. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, there was like a team behind <laughs> all of that to make that look happen. Sure. You know, um, and then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing to be on Jane the Virgin. I'm literally yeah, let's talk living about that. my dream. Tell me about, so when, when you, when that happened, how was it presented to you? How did it happen, okay. basically? This is another story. Yeah, You're going to love this story, I think. <laughs> I'm, I like I'm sure to tell this story because I think it encourages people. Mm. So, all right. I've been with my husband for 20 years. And you can imagine there have been many ups and downs. Um, And, you know, we've had some really, like, there's a lot of water under the bridge. (laughs) Anyways. um, Formidable years, by the way. So it makes sense. Yeah. It's hard. My brother and his now wife, but 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's like first loves. There's no way around that when you're trying to grow as a couple. But you're growing as as an individual. It's like, what the fuck? That's hard. Yeah. So I had made that decision that I was going to book a series regular. Um, and I even, I think I, I did a post recently about a vision board. Didn't I, did I do a post? Of, I don't even remember. Do you remember something? I don't know me? if I saw. Oh, I, I did a shout out to my acting teacher. What the hell post did I put? I can't remember. Anyways. We'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have to look it up. But um, it was a shout out to my teacher because uh, I had signed up for this goal setting course for, and it was for actors specifically. And um, was it something separate? Just that like, where, where did you do that? In New York. I was okay, in New cool. York at the time. This was before Jane. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was probably like. Eight months before Jane. Outside of school, though, it's just this goal setting. For, like, yeah, like I've that? already, I was already a professional actress mm-hmm. working. Yeah, and but I was always taking acting classes for practice. Cool. Okay. So, and this particular class was just about. It was a monologue slash goal setting course. Got it. Okay. Cool. With Karen Kolhas, she's from the Atlantic Theater Company. So, um, she's a bomb ass teacher. So, anyways, I um, I took her course and. Uh, we had to create, we had to go through all these exercises about, you know, what do we envision for our futures? What mm-hmm. are the things we want? And, and one of the projects that we had to do was come in with a vision board. And the vision board works in a circular fashion and, and almost like a mind map. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, that's where I was introduced to mind maps. Cool. was in that class. And um, we had to present our vision over the next five years of where we wanted to see ourselves. And... Um, I was pointing out the different things of, oh, okay, now I'm remembering. There's a there's an interview that I did recently um, that I posted. So anyway, I was uh, pointing out the different things, and then I got to series regular, and it was that one that was the most important to me on that vision board. And, and it was because on some level, I didn't believe that I deserved it or I was talented enough or something. Wow. And, and, and I had always wondered, why haven't I gotten there yet? Oh, it must be because I'm not good enough. Like this is how I speak yeah. to myself. It's it's awful, but yes, I'm admitting it. I think it's very normal, yeah. to be honest. And so then when I got to that point and I said I and this is in front of my class and in front of my teacher, it was almost an I was almost embarrassed to admit that I wanted to be a series regular on a prime time. Like it was hit. some lofty dream or something. Yeah, a primetime TV show. Mm-hmm. Um and I literally started crying in front of the class. I couldn't oh. barely even say the words. Wow. Reading them out loud. That that's what I wanted. And I swear, I think 
the day that I cried in front of those people and I made a public declaration. Yes. That the fucking stars shifted <laughs> and and things aligned and they were like, oh, okay, you got it. Now yes. we believe you. <laughs> it's done. Say now, it. You got to say it. Now we believe you. That's so Again, yeah. like, wow. Okay, yeah. now dropped. we believe you. So, so that's that one little story. So then, um, <laughs> so then, I mean, because I was I was focusing on my career like I had never focused before, and it's so funny because I was in therapy, and um, I remember my therapist. I, I said to my therapist, oh, "I've been. I was complaining. Oh, I've been doing this acting thing for so many years, twenty years, whatever it was." And she goes, "All right, Andrea." So the amount of focus that you're doing now, how many years would you say you've been focusing like that? Great Have question. you been focusing like that for 20 years? How many years would you say you've been putting that hyper focus that you're doing now? And I was like, huh, well, maybe four years. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, so you haven't been acting for 20 years. You've been acting for four years. And Damn. I was like, perspective. Damn. Yeah. Because you get what you give, right? You get yeah. what you put into it. I think so. And so I was like, okay, that's good. So um, I get a a, a a call or a, a Facebook message mm-hmm. from this guy named Norman Elagim. <laughs> What's up, Norman? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, hi. And he wrote this eloquent, it was so articulate, so well-written message saying that he was a manager and he was interested in repping me, and he wanted to see if we could have coffee. He was in be in town. Okay. But I've gotten other Facebook messages from people saying they want to be my managers, and I was like, I don't need a fucking manager. I'm not going to give my ten percent up to somebody else, but I'll give it to my agent and yeah. another ten percent. Get the fuck out of here. Facebook. I don't know. Was that interesting? At yeah, that yeah. Time? No, I was like, like, I was like a little creepy, uh, and, and so yeah. usually I would ignore those things. Sure. But there was something, uh, it was so well written yeah, and so eloquent and so intelligent that it really were pe- piqued my interest. Yeah. And then I shortly after that, I got a call from my agent saying, hey, we got this um, call from a guy named Norman Elagem, um, who's interested in, in, in repping you for management. And they're like, oh, we don't think you should go, blah, 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 blah. They were sort of like against it. And I'm like, yeah, so let me Google it. Who, who the fuck is Norman Elagem? And what the fuck does he want with me? And so I Google Norman Elagem. Uh, and then I proceed to find out, oh, he's been a manager, an agent for 20 years. He was the founder of Writers and Artists Agency, which then on went to become Paradigm, which he was like the head of talent for like nine years. Incredible. And he repped Katherine Heigl and Lawrence Fishburne and Sharon Stone. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> maybe I want to talk with this Norman Elagem yeah. dude. <laughs> so um, my agents weren't feeling it. Even after that, after the Google? Wow. They weren't feeling it. Okay. And um, and so then um, I met him for for lunch uh, for coffee, mm-hmm. and I liked him immediately. And I am a people person. Like yeah. I, I I mean when I say I'm a people person, I'm um on an energy. You could read if I can vibrate with you. If I feel good yes. in your presence, yeah, then I know I can allow you to sure. be in my life. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I like this guy. I don't know what it is, but I like this guy. 
And so then we had made a verbal. Oh, I gave I gave him I put him through the ringer though. I said I need to. I'm not gonna just take you on as a manager. I wanna. I need to think about it. And I have a lot of questions for you. And he goes, <laughs> sure, sure, of course. If you didn't, I would be concerned. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he flew back to L.A. the next week. We talked on the phone, and I mean, we were probably on the phone for a good 45 minutes, and I was just hammering him with a question. Well, ha- what happens with this? And what? And what's this situation? And I mm-hmm. asked him over and over and over. And he goes, Wow, you're 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 very thorough. I was like, yeah, you know, if I'm going to give up my 10%, yeah, I'm going to be thorough. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we had that verbal agreement. Um, uh, We, and this is probably like three months after that goal setting class. Yeah. And then um, I said, hey, I did an independent film with Paul Sorvino and it's going to premiere in LA uh, in a couple weeks and I'm going to fly out to LA for it. And he goes, great, good. Um, I said, and I would like you to be my manager when I get there. And he goes, awesome, I'm your manager. So I fly out there with my daughter. This Mm -hmm. is her first trip to L.A. She was probably 8 or 10 at the time. Uh, I can't remember, somewhere in there. And so then we fly out, and then literally I land in L.A., and my phone is going off with a message saying, you have an audition tomorrow at 12 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, God damn it, this manager. (laughs) Look at this manager going to work. So I go to the audition, it was for the spoof on the Fast and the Furious. It was to play the Michelle Rodriguez character. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I end up booking it. Like, it was the first thing that they sent me out on. And then the second thing that they sent me out on, uh, six months later, when I came out for pilot season, was Jane the Virgin. Wow. So, but I do have a Jane the Virgin story if you want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I want to hear it all. Okay. So, that was just trying to lay the groundwork for yeah, Jane the Virgin. Yeah, this is good. All right. So, now my in-laws were in their 80s at okay. the time. My, my mother-in-law was very sickly. My, mm-hmm. my father-in-law, you know, he had his health issues, but he was always kind of like the one that was taking care of my mother-in-law. And they lived five minutes from us in, in New York. And, and my husband, the youngest of four boys, very dedicated to his, to his parents and taking care of them. So, um, come December, right after I finished filming super fast, um, my father-in-law comes down with cancer or is diagnosed with cancer. And literally 10 days later, he dies. Damn. Um, and at the same time during all of this, my mother-in-law was in the hospital as well. Okay. Heavy. He dies. We, we literally pulled her out of the hospital to take her to the funeral and then put her back in the hospital Ugh. right after. It was just a very difficult time. My kids were little. Yep. Um, and I had that summer mm-hmm. signed on with my new managers. Mm-hmm. And from the, the moment that I we had the agreement that I was their client, they said, you know, pilot season's coming up in January, February, and you really need to come out to L.A. for that. It's going to make all the difference. We don't want you auditioning for a pilot season in New York. You should, you have to be in L.A. And I knew they were right. Yeah. I knew it in my heart. And I had for years avoided L.A. Just, I avoided really? it like the plague. Yes. It's that East Coast, West Coast thing. I mean, Until you get more... here and you're like, wait. <laughs> I mean, it was like I had done a pilot season here. It didn't go so well. I I don't know. I was intimidated. I built it up in my mind uh, into yeah. something. And, you know, we lie to ourselves with these. For sure. Like, we make it we way make, more dramatic yeah, yeah, than yeah. it is. And so, anyways, that was that. And I just knew he was right. I needed to conquer that fear of what L- I had built L.A. to be in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, but now my father-in-law has just passed. My mother-in-law is in the hospital. And I've got little kids. 
my husband's also running a business. What am I gonna leave him for a month? Because like, if if I'm gonna come out here to LA for pilot season, you, you gotta have to at least be here for a month, if totally. not two months, right? Um, with no Ugh. guarantees of getting a job for sure, right? Like you know, so oh, gnarly. I'm gonna go away for a month to audition <laughs> and see if I get a job. It sounds so. I mean, but it's truly the way you have to do yeah, it. Yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. live here. Yeah. yeah, and so I felt like the biggest piece of shit. Like, what kind of mother am I and what kind of wife am I to leave my husband and the kids in this situation where my father-in-law just passed and my mother-in-law is still in the hospital? Ugh. And so I was afraid to say anything to my husband. And, my, and every few days, my managers were like, uh, you coming to L.A., right? You're coming to L.A., right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming. And finally, I had to, like, say something to Richard and I and – I, I was so scared to say it. And I thought, you know, he was going to be so mad at me and say absolutely not. And I said, listen, I, I, my managers really think I need to go to L.A. for pilot season. And I, I feel so bad with this whole situation, leaving you like this. And he goes, go. Don't worry. I have, I have this, I have this under control. Was and this post, post you thinking? Yes. <laughs> it was post when, uh, when are you going to give up this act? Okay, okay. Thing? This is, uh, press the fast forward button. Okay. And so then I go, I go, okay, but I didn't believe him. I thought, oh, he's just trying to test me <laughs> to see. Your mind is impressive. I know. To <laughs> see if I really loved him. Oh! That's what it is. Oh. He wants to see if I really will go. Oh, my goodness. And so I didn't believe him. <laughs> But you know what it really came down to? I was so fucking scared. Yeah. Oh, that my mind actually yeah. went there. It had yeah. nothing to do with him. Mm-mm. It had to do with me and my own fears. Because the fear was that I go to L.A. and I come back a whole month later and I, I don't have it. anything to show for it. Yeah. That That's was, scary. That was my fear. Yeah. And um, and then everybody would know. I left my husband and my kids and I come back and I, I got nothing. Right. <laughs> I got nothing. So uh, two weeks go by and I'm torturing myself. I got to talk to Richard as if I didn't talk to him already about it. Yeah. I have to ask him what he if he's okay. So two weeks go by tor- after the torture and I go, Richard, we need to talk. I need to go to L.A. for past season. And he was like, Andrea, I told you to go. <laughs> go already. Do what you got to do. I got this. And I'm like, okay. I was like, oh. I am not going to wait to hear that again. Yeah. And I literally ran to my computer. I got on my computer and I, I got a, a ticket. I said, if I don't get a ticket now, I'll back out. Yeah. So I got a, a, a one-way ticket. And then I got on the phone and I called my girlfriend who lives in Studio City. And I was like, Dahlia, coming off LA to LA for pilot season. She's like, finally, well, it's about time. Yay. And she's an actress too. And she was like, okay. I'm like, can I stay at your place? Absolutely. Of course you can. And so um, so that was squared away. Then Norman, the lodge him. Um, he was like, I have a car for you. I just bought a new car. I still have my old car. I won't sell it until pilot season's over. So you can have that car. I'm like, okay, car is done. Check. So can I pause for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Again, power and decision. Yes. And then shit lines up. And then shit lines it's up. That mo- but if until you make that decision and you have... 
you know, clarity. It doesn't mean you know what's going to happen. Yeah, it just yeah, means yeah. that you you know what you're going towards. Mm-hmm. Shit lines up. Yeah. yeah. Shit lines up. I love it. And so um, then I didn't know what I needed full-time babysitting at that point. I had to find a full-time babysitter. That fell into my lap too. Like everything just flowed. It went, Beautiful. fell into place. There was not a lot of resistance. And I, and I believe in that that Buddhist philosophy, the path of least resistance. Absolutely. Me you too. know, I mean, not that this doesn't mean that you, you can't struggle, go through struggles, or you have to go through some sort of resistance. But a lot of the resistance that we experience is, is the resistance we create for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is a difference. Yeah. I love it. So, um, the, f- I, so I got to LA mm-hmm. and I'm literally, as I was got on the plane and I sat there and I looked out the window, I had such a peace in me. I just had. I'm you just gonna start knew crying. where you belong. I has. I'm gonna start crying. I, I just felt so good, and I just felt like this is so right. This yes, feels so right feeling. to me, and I. I was very calm, mm-hmm. very very zen-like, and I just was sort of very very present, mm-hmm. and everything was like tingling, like bri- bri- uh, brilliant, like uh, sparkling. Everything was sparkling around me, and incredible. I um literally three days later, first audition was for Jane Aversion. Dang. First audition. And I, as soon as I read those sides, resonating, I I went into that room and I was nervous, but I, the nerves pretty much went away. It was just resonating. The creator were there, the executive producers, casting directors, just everything resonating, just buzzing, 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 very, very heightened. And I walked out of there like, I felt so good about that audition. And, um, like, I think 15 minutes later, my managers said that they got a call right away as soon as I walked out. Because so then a half an hour later, they're like, Andrea, when did you leave that audition? When did you leave that audition? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, about a half an hour ago? Well, 15 minutes ago, they called. Uh, they, they really loved what you did, and they want to call you back, blah, blah, blah. And so then I went through four, four auditions, or three more auditions after that, over the span of the month that I had allotted myself. And I came back to New York with a series ready to Hell roll. yeah. Can I have that? Yeah, you? right? Sorry, like, Girl, that's amazing. Could you imagine if I had given into the fear? Yeah, well, there's so much to say about that. Like, I'm teary-eyed over yeah, here because, yeah. you know, again, I said it earlier, but you're a path creator and you're living intuitively. Mm. You're not immune to the doubt. Oh, no. It's an everyday thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But what you do is you decide... Actually, it's my story. Mm-hmm. It's not this. You understand that, you know, this is some shit that you're you're creating, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I view thoughts as money, right? Mm. So you're either investing in the possibility or the actuality of, you know, creating what you want or you're actually investing against it, mm. right? And that to me is like, you know, the negative t- thinking or submitting to that that worry and that doubt because right. nothing has happened yet. Right. Right. So right. where are you putting your money? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you, you, you end up betting on yourself and I really connect with this. So even with this podcast, it's like, man, who knows what the outcome, the ultimate outcome will actually be. I know what I see it as being. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm nervous, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Like yeah. fucking a, Oh my God. Every day, <laughs> you know, it's like, Holy shit. Are you doing And as an introvert? We'll talk about that too. But you know, to put yourself out there. But I imagine, you know, there's, n- I literally journaled it this morning. There's no way that when I feel something this strong, 
I cannot allow myself to look back and go, mm. you felt that feeling and you, you didn't run with it. Right. Like, it doesn't even matter if I'm my, I'm showing my ass and like I, it, if, whatever, let's just say it doesn't, I can't even say that cause I don't believe in it. That's mm-hmm. how good I am at brainwashing myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but whatever, you know, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be all kinds of things. It, but none of that is more important than I can handle that is what I'm saying. Right. What I can't handle and where I, I feel that this is so you, I can't handle looking back and going, you submitted to that fear. Oh, yeah. Fuck Oof. that. That is no. the worst. That's, that's You feel it this really like, no. No, no, no. And you know what I love to add to it? And I hope that, you know, this is something that I'm able to do in my own life. But hearing your story... It validates this idea that, you know, you the only limits that we have are the limits that we put on, on ourselves. Exactly. And if we really yeah. want something and we really believe in it and we, you know, we, we, we do the work to go towards it, it could fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And you're living it. And it's, and it's so important that people, you know, get to hear stories like yours because so often people don't believe that, you know, mm-hmm. and they live, you know, in this smaller kind of mindset and they don't, they don't go for it. And it's such a, you know, it's a disservice really, because how many, how many talented, amazing people are out there and right. just submitting to fear and not like exactly. letting out their amazing magic exactly. like you are, which is, and you're just fucking getting warmed up. It's like, <laughs> whoa, okay, oh, so. Thank you. Thank no, you. yeah, it's, it's so, you know, it's so amazing. So you're getting on a flight tomorrow. It's about to be Christmas. You just, you know, you've had, you have all these things going on this month, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're staring at the end of the year and, you know, you just uh, wrapped your debut directing role, right? Which yes. is like super exciting. <laughs> and before I go into that, cause I'm right there, I just wanted to say the fact that you made time to come and sit here with me Aww. on top of, but it's <laughs> so, honestly, because if you were to say, you know, I can we do it, ne- you know, next year, hell yeah, I understand. You, you know, you, you have a very heavy load, but it's so interesting because when you, when we, when you confirmed last night that you could do it, I'm like, but of course, <laughs> because this is who you are, Aww. you know, you, so I, I just had to say something about that because well, thank you. Yeah, it's... but um, but you know, with the fir- I think the first time you did my makeup, however, it was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I you this subject came up that you wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, it's been a long time and, coming, and we immediately <laughs> connected that we both listened to Tim Ferriss. Totally, we both read the Four Hour Body and the yeah. Four Hour Work Week and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And I growth and mindset I, junkies, right? And I I was like, yes, do it, girl, do you it. Were, like you from day did. from that day one, and so. I mean, when you told me you were actually doing it, like you were at the point of doing it, I mean, I, I have to support you. Like, I love you so and, much. It means so much to me. Yeah, and, you know, just like that also gives you an opportunity to see, okay, you know, you had an idea, a concept, and now you're actually seeing Pursuing it through. It. Yeah. I mean, and you've done many steps in between then and now sure. to get to this point. Right. Um, cause it doesn't just happen overnight. No, um, <laughs> but kudos to you. It's just awesome. And I have to show my Thank support. You. Thank Absolutely. you. I appreciate it. You're okay. Welcome. Well you, so now we're going to turn back to you in that same 
aspect of, you know, it wasn't that long ago you took a course on um, screenwriting. screenwriting, And I so remember you telling me how I'm doing your makeup and you're like, I'm, you know, you were afraid. You were nervous. Very much so. (laughs) So so let's connect the dots. So in that, and I was so impressed because you still drove forward. And then, you know, how how long ago was that? I think it was. That was last spring. Okay, wow, time. Yeah. So that was amazing? Right? Um, interesting. <laughs> okay, that's a good, okay, that well, works. Well, I mean, I guess, like, on some level, I feel like I didn't fulfill what I wanted to fulfill, um, but I showed up to the class. So, you know, you're supposed to leave the class with a, a story, a story synopsis or a story structure. Okay. You don't actually leave, because it's only a 10-week course, so you don't actually leave the course with, like, a fully written script. Yeah. Um, but it's an introduction, but but you should be able to leave that class with uh, story structure. Okay. And so I did not fulfill that. Um, so, but I finished the the class. I mean, I showed up, to, showed up. You know, to the every day and I got started on my story, but I have to finish it. And so I haven't gotten back to it, which bothers me a little bit. But you'll get to but it. But I'm like, no, you know, because because then what happened was I had to, to move. So I was mm. moving from, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so uh, moving my kids back to New York and all that. And so that was overlapping with the last few weeks of class. So I, you know, it was a big move out of a four bedroom house, moving my nanny and my kids back to New York and me moving into a one bedroom here. Yeah. Uh, So it was a big transition. So I give myself a little slack there. Good. I'm (laughs) glad to hear that because it's deserved. (laughs) Yeah. But I did learn a lot in the class. I learned, I, I can't watch a movie the same again now. Yeah. I didn't realize that films had three acts and, you know, learned a lot about protagonists and antagonists and. Um, what does the protagonist want and all of these things so I learned I learned a lot about story structure and feature and how features are structured and um, I did start developing um, a story Mm -hmm. that I do ultimately want to write or have someone else write and I produce it um, so yes, that's I just, exciting. Yeah. I just have to figure, I kind of hit a little writer's block already. Yeah. yeah I, I got, I was hitting a wall with my story idea. Partly like I felt like my teacher was steering me in, in a different direction than I original, my original concept. Mm-hmm. And I saw what his points were and he was, and he was coming from a place of trying to make it as good as possible. Mm-hmm. But I think it messed with my creativity a little. Yeah. I think that can happen sometimes with school, right? I think so. I mean, uh, so not his fault. You know, definitely not blaming anybody. I just think, I think also my perfectionistic way of being. Yeah. Also probably was a creative roadblock because I was trying to do it right. Sure. Instead of just like free flowing and letting it, letting it be an inspired act versus like some kind of. So I think, I think there's a value in, in just putting something on the back burner. I think so too. I love that you said that because I think sometimes there's just, you know, don't quit kind of thing Mm -hmm. that can take place in people's mind where it's like pushing pause isn't quitting. Right. You know, and it's like, there's a fine line, you know, am I, you know, making an excuse for myself to like not do the work? Right. You know, or, um, 
but I don't think so because I'm doing other things like the directing. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> how did that come about? Let's yeah. Tell me everything. Okay. So I was inspired by watching, um, Gina Rodriguez and her, a good friend of hers, um, that she's known for a very long time. Uh, they started collaborating together mm-hmm. as partners and developing work. Uh, creative work and then also Justin Baldoni who's my other co-star um, and him and his friends and they started their company Wayfarer and they're you know doing um, they're creating content you know um, really inspiring content um, so I, w- I have two girlfriends of mine that I met in acting school over 20 years ago mm-hmm. and um, we we met in class we were partnered up by our teacher to do this play called vanities and it was about three best friends starting in high school all the way into adulthood and how it go they go on these different life paths and then how they reunite at the end and it's a comedy drama so we worked on that and that's how we got to know each other that's and cool. we've been close friends ever since so it's been over 20 years and so I said I have friends you know <laughs> we could we could do something together and they're both actresses uh one um is an actress and she wrote a feature film her first feature um encouraged by her husband who's a writer director mm-hmm. and then the other one is a spoken word artist actress and she wrote a one-woman show called beautiful Mm-hmm. And it's about her life, and um, she won an, an NAACP Image Award for it. Amazing. Yeah, and then she now um, wrote a feature film based on the play or based on her life, like mm-hmm. sort of like a spinoff. Are they in L.A. or New York? Mm-hmm. Okay, They're in cool. L.A. And then uh, she also wrote a book. called Amazing. Yeah. She's busy. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I'm like, look at these, you know, look at all of us. We've we've got creative stuff. We've got talent stuff to yeah. like bring to the table. And so last September I said to them, Hey girls, you know, we've known each other for so long. I feel like there's something here. I feel like there's a movie or something about like our friendship um that I, I wanna explore. I said, But beyond that, I feel like the three of us should collaborate, get together and do stuff instead of waiting for people to give us work. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. And so um, so those meetings started every week last September. And I was concerned after, I mean, we were able to meet that first meeting. But before that, whenever we tried to get together on a social level, mm-hmm. it was so hard to get everyone's schedules. To are they for, moms too? Uh, or one they... of them is a mom. Okay. But everyone's scheduled to meet for a dinner or something like that. That sure. was just always so hard. So I was like, well, if we can't even get together for a dinner, how are we going to get together for yeah. these meetings? <laughs> Well, let me tell you something. We all decided, oh, this is business? Right. <laughs> it's not funny. So, yeah. So, we met that first week and I was like, okay, nobody canceled. No, nothing happened. We actually met. I was like, well, let's see if we can actually do it again. <laughs> we have met faithfully every week since last September. So, we're in December now. That's No beautiful. one's canceled. No one rescheduled. Uh, except for me when Jane the Virgin came up. Some legitimate Jane the Virgin stuff came yeah. up. But then everybody was like, oh, okay, cool. Everyone went with the flow. And then we, you know, we didn't, nobody, it didn't drop the ball. Because I was afraid, oh, okay, if somebody cancels, then you lose your steam. The momentum, you know, yeah. Momentum. Yeah. But no, that didn't happen. And then... um so we, we were working on coming up with like a feature film idea, which is 
I'm finding very challenging as a group to work together. Okay. No, I mean, no, we're working well together, but to come to a consensus, yeah. to like work out story idea, it takes a long time to develop a story. Mm-hmm. So by the time that happens, we wouldn't have gotten anything done. So I said, listen, we have this impulse to do something, to create something. Let's do something sooner than later because we're going to lose our steam or momentum so let's get our feet wet in, in something easier smaller smart you know that's so smart of you and so yeah. I, and i i said i want to feature Josanne, who's the spoken word artist because she had uh one day posted a like an impromptu video that a friend of hers shot mm-hmm. uh and she posted and she hardly ever posts her spoken word in a video she okay. just does it live and I saw that and I was like, that was so cool. It was a really nice video. And I said, Josanne, you need to be doing more videos like this. You you need to be on YouTube or whatever and just putting yourself out there as a spoken word artist. And she's like, eh, uh, I haven't I don't like the quality. I want it to be quality. I wanted to, and I said, I I want to direct an episode of Jane. So I've already asked to direct an episode of Jane, which will be in season five. Amazing. And so I need to practice. I said, I want to direct. I want to, I'll direct you. Let's do a spoken word video. So the three of us were like, okay, that's going to be our first project. And so um, it's been, I don't know, about a a little bit over a month where we've been meeting on that specifically. Mm -hmm. We put the feature film aside for now because we set a deadline for us to film it this month, which was this past weekend. And um, girls, so out of my comfort zone. So, I but you posted something about that, and I just oh, when I I loved reading that because oh again I can go back to you know you signing up for that class for writing yeah. and again it's just like there she goes again <laughs> just like living through the discomfort oh, and just going for it so it's, painful though dude like why so do I do I literally the day that you posted that I'm like I needed to see this today because oh. I'm thinking about my podcast and all yeah. stuff and I'm like. Yeah, it served me, and oh, so good. I'm sure many other so, people So, I mean, well. even up to, like, a week ago, <sighs> I was extremely uncomfortable. Like, I want to crawl out of my skin uncomfortable about this whole thing. It's crazy, too, because you're doing it with your close friends. Yeah. So, it just goes to show. It's like... You were in the most comfortable setting, yeah. I, right? Well, they were so encouraging and so supportive of me. Um, but, so, like... I didn't know how we were going to shoot. Like, I came up with a concept. We, we had to pick a poem. Mm-hmm. I, and it was up to me to pick the poem because I was the director. Mm-hmm. So I decided on a poem that um, she wrote. And then it, it's called uh, Love Spoken, Then Love Unsaid, which really means l- spoken love is better than love unsaid. And mm-hmm. that's what the poem is about. But it's inspired um, through the experience. A loss of her grandmother of Josanne's grandmother so when she was 16 17 her grandmother passed and her grandmother basically is the one who raised her okay and uh the poem is about the regret of not really taking the opportunity just to express her gratitude or her love to her grandmother for everything that she did for her yeah. and so there's you know it's slightly painful but there's also a, a message in the in the poem is don't do what I did right Speak it. Speak. Make sure you speak it. So, I was inspired by that, and I felt like it could be universal, mm-hmm. and, and and it could apply to anyone. Um, and then, here's one of the uncomfortable moments. They were like, "Okay, well, come up with a, something, a video for for this poem." And I'm like, "All right, all right <laughs> that's my homework." 
And so I was experiencing a lot of resistance. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to write? What? I got to create a video. Like, it's got to be a visual thing that sure. makes sense with these words. And that yeah. is featuring Josanne as an artist. That's a big deal. You know? So I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what the freak. I mean, I don't know. And so I had, that was my homework. And I was procrastinating on it. But it was always in the back of my head. And I feel like even when you think you're procrastinating, it's working itself out in your head. A hundred percent. I'm literally going through yeah, that right now. You're so, Not in this moment, but yes. Yeah. But, you know, you're thinking about it. You're mulling it over. Totally. So I think there's a creative process that's happening. But so there was one flight from L.A. to New York mm-hmm. when I was going to see my, my family that I was like, all right, I have no excuses. I can't I can't walk off this plane. <laughs> There's nothing to do on this plane but work. I'm captured. I have to be sitting I'm with a captured. seatbelt. Can't escape. So oh um, I sat down and I wrote some ideas. I just jotted whatever came to my head. And I felt like it was just like throwing paint on a wall. That's what it felt like to me. Like, I wasn't being that creative. Like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But I came up with some ideas based on what I was reading in the poem. And I wrote it along all the little different paragraphs on this piece of paper. And then I was like, all right, I did my homework. And I didn't feel like I did anything, really. But I I just wrote some ideas. Okay. So I brought it to our next meeting. And I'm like, all right, so I came up with this stuff. This is how I envision it. And I thought they were going to be like, that's all you did? I, I really thought that's what they would say. And then um, Josanne was like, wow, this is really cool. I like this. And I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, okay. Like I said, I felt like I threw paint on a wall. That is so- and so then um, D- Dolly was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, we've got her on a beach. We've got all these. I had these all the different scenarios with other people mm-hmm. showing love, like a couple. Someone's getting proposed to. There's a, a mother and a child. Where she's just being very affectionate. And then there was, I also want to show another example of not expressing love where there's like a, a military son going off to war and the mother's crying and the dad's very stoic and not showing any expression mm, to yeah. his son. And then you cut to the dad's in the cemetery. Ugh. At wow. the headstone, and he's crying, and he's wow. showing his emotion. And so there's regret in that he mm-hmm. could have said goodbye to his son for the last time. Damn. And so I, I'm That's like... That's powerful. Yes. Wow. But, so I came up with the I'm like, how are we going to execute this? We need <laughs> actors. We need cemeteries. We need beaches. We need... Like, I, you know, who... The- who the fuck am I? Like, I don't know. How is this going to happen? And, oh, so, and so I was the one who was like naysaying and the girls were like, no, we could totally do this. Oh, this is so easy. We could totally do it. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I'm like, yeah, but where are we going to get these actors? Who's going to, you know, and I'm like, and how am I going to shoot it? Like, on what? Am I going to do it on, the, on my iPhone? iPhone? <laughs> like, Ooh, how I, I don't know. I mean, and I had done some still photography when my kids were babies and I was self-taught. That's a whole other story, but. <laughs> so, um, and I was making money doing it. But anyways, wow. so then uh, I go, well, I still have the camera from when I was doing the, you know, the still photography. And it has a video. It has video. It's a very good camera, Canon 7D. Um, I said, I've never used the video, so I don't know how to work it, but we'll see. And so on one of my trips to New York, I picked up the camera. And I was going to shoot it on that. But I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, you know, we're get, now, now we already started getting cast in plays. Wow. We had like this bomb ass 
African-American actress who's like worked so much actually agreed to say to do this. So, so cause I had this concept of like a grandmother and a grandchild, mm-hmm. a daughter that was going to be symbolic of Josanne and her grandmother. And then I also had this lofty idea of a, a, an adult female dancer and a little girl dancer on the beach. So I'm like, who are we going to get for these to do the dance on the <laughs> beach? That's supposed to be symbolic of the grandmother and grandmother. Who the, how the fuck is that going to happen? Like, where are we going to I love get? that you, you're still doubting I'm after totally, so many examples that yeah. it always works out. But again, right. I mean, this is natural. We all do so, it. But, so, well, well, sure enough, Josanne, <laughs> Josanne and Dolly are like, well, we know people, they start getting on the phone we got my, we got a choreographer. We got a, the dancers. We got the grandmother. We got the, we got the beaches. You oh got the my, cemetery. Oh my god! I reached out. I had a friend who who, who played the military dad. Um, I reached out to a girlfriend who's not an actress. I, I texted her. I was like, "Hey, do you act? Can you act?" And she was like, "Well, if you count fifth grade, fifth grade play." And I'm like. She goes, what do you need? And I'm like, well, I need a really good actress who can bring it emotionally. And, and, and like, and she's like, well, that's not me, but I have the perfect person for you. There you go. So she sent Shoot. me this lady who was so perfect. So anyway, I was so nervous. Then I, I, I was like, I would have all these like amazing people and I'm going to shoot this on my little, my little cannon that I don't know how to operate. Ugh, you got to up. What you, know? you do? So then I'm like, do I get a DP? Do I get a director of photography? I'm like, how do I do that? And what director of photography who can who is of quality is going to want to work on our little tiny little <laughs> spoken word video? Like, this is uh, what I was doing to myself the entire way. It's exhausting. Oh my god! So then, and meanwhile, I'm traveling to New York back and forth. I'm working, filming on Jane, and all, the, and, and we're trying to make this happen. So then, finally, I I said. We got to get a DP. We have to. I, I, I don't want to get all these amazing people come together. And then I put them in a rinky dink, no. raggedy ass video. Right. It's just no, that not going to happen. So, so Josanne gets on the phone again. And she, I learned a lot from her watching her. And um, she made some phone calls. She knew a, a bomb ass DP. He said he would have done it, but was had another job. But he recommended two other people who he was mentoring. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I interviewed them. I ultimately decided on, decided on one guy, but I wasn't one hundred percent. And there was a part of me that was like so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. But we're going with them anyway. But this doesn't feel right. And I just thought, oh, it's because I'm out of my comfort zone. I was just chalking it up to like my insecurity about my inexperience yeah and so i just thought that's what it was and so we're going to continue with him and then one day he calls to say hey i got offered this other job i don't i don't know if it's for sure i'll let you know on the weekend so that was like a wednesday and we were a week away from shooting yeah i was like that's not flying for me i'm sorry and that was to me that was my out because i wasn't feeling him so i called Josanne again Josanne, i don't think he's gonna work I don't think he's gonna make it. We can't. We don't have time to waste to find out if he can do it. Yeah. So let's get on the phone again. So she, sure enough, called one of the, the actor who was going to play the military son. She called him. Do you know any DPs? He goes, Yeah, I know three. So Incredible. she calls all three, and one of them, none of the two were available, but one was. He 
she said she liked him on the phone and he sent her the demo reel. So he sends the demo reel and she sends it to me. I look at it and I go, oh my God, this demo reel is amazing. Why would this guy want to work with us? <laughs> so this is what I'm doing the whole way. I'm like, he's not going to look at that. Fi- that that fucking video is amazing. Why would he want to work on this little spoken word video? That's probably just going to go up on YouTube. <laughs> so- Oh, so then she's like, Andrea, you have to ask. You never know. He seemed interested. Give him a call. So I called him. I'm like, hey, so I'm looking for a DP who's willing to work with an inexperienced director who is willing to like kind of hold my hand and help me through this whole experience. And, um, and he was so like, I love the idea. Um, I love the, the the narrative you have going through it. It sounds really cool. I'm totally available and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, really, really? Oh, okay. And um, so, yeah, I hired him. Like, like, like three hours later, I was calling the other guy saying, sorry, we don't need you, but thanks anyway. Feeling so relieved that this new guy was coming on, Daniel Rink as his name. And... Um, we shot it this weekend. We got some incredible, incredible footage. I cannot wait it's to see so it. It's so beautiful. I. It's just beyond what I imagined it would be. Are you proud of yourself? I am. Yes. I'm, I'm so nervous. Say it. I'm still tor- tortured. Well, because myself. you. Because now you I still have to. I have to edit it. Okay. And so I'm concerned that I didn't get enough and then well, whatever. But but I'm like oh you I got hope, it. I hope it makes sense in the edit, but we'll see. But. I have a Jane the Virgin editor offered to edit it for me. I'm not surprised, yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so I'm excited about that. But um, I mean, even down to the casting. Thank you. I was so worried about the casting because I was going off of pictures. I didn't know. I didn't know if these people could act. I didn't know if they were going to look legitimately the grandmother, the granddaughter, or look yeah. legitimately old enough to be the parents for this kid. Like. Everything just clicked. The DP and his crew were so on point. Such nice people. Very grounded. My kind of people. Um, But really knew what they were doing. Very eager Mm -hmm. to make it work. Then me and my girls Mm -hmm. were so organized. Everything was so on point. Everything we said we were going to do, we did. We were on time for everything. All the locations worked out perfectly. We had no permits to do anything. It was total total guerrilla style. And (laughs) Everything went so smoothly. Dope. How, so that's fantastic. Thank I'm, you. I'm so proud of you. That's <laughs> a big deal. I can't wait to see this. And I think that it's almost like your brain. You know, when you go into this, oh my god, how's this going to work out? And why would this person want to do this? And how's that? Your brain is. I think this is. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but. Science has proven that it's like your brain wants to kind of protect yourself from yes. being right, from you know being hurt, um, mm-hmm. and so we're, you know having it not work out or things going wrong would inevitably disappoint you, hurt you, yeah. make you feel like shit. Um, but it's so, you know, I mean, you can hear in your own story that mm-hmm. it's always worked out for you, you yes. know. Um, knocking on wood. <laughs> Get out myself. <laughs> <laughs> knock on whatever you got to knock on, yes. but it's 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 true. And one of my favorite daily affirmations that I came up with one day is that 
I trust my wings incessantly. Mm. And so I think that, you know, we can sit here and, and always infect these. And we probably always will, like the what ifs, you know. But if, if it was layer cake, if your thoughts were layer cake, the foundation needs to be, it's all going to work out. Mm. It's always working out for me. Mm-hmm. I got this shit. Mm-hmm. Even if like two layers above that is like, how is it going to, what's going to happen? And I feel like that's your your layer cake. Like the even if you might not feel it, the fact that you're driving forward and you're still, because a lot of people would submit to that second layer about right. that, you know, but you're mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm going to keep. I'm, I, I'm doing yeah. this. I got to do this. I keep pushing myself over the edge. And so this is yeah. like, this is why it's, you know, it's like you're walking inspiration. Regardless of whether you feel it's like you, you again, like it, whether you, you've got it all together or you're hitting all these marks, it's living courageously. Yes. And yes. living with a mindset that, you know, you're, you're not limiting yourself. Right. You know, you believe in it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Tell me. Oh my God! I feel like I find I might have found another calling. Hell yeah! Yes, I, you know yes, the yes. Directing. Oh yes, my loved God, it. girl! Oof! I I I'm like oh yeah. Yes. I feel like I want to do this because they're I'm not because actors are just responsible for their role. Mm-hmm. I as a director was responsible for all the roles. Yeah. And to, and and what wow. I really got off on was telling the story. Mm-hmm. and telling an inspiring story or a motivating story and the power that's in that. <laughs> this doesn't come as a surprise to me. I think that as an artist, I'm going through this myself where it's like, it, you know, you, you're you expanding. How many, how many actors have become directors, mm-hmm. producers? How many, you know, there's models who become photographers. There's, you know, it's like you're blossoming. We're constantly growing and advancing. And it's so cool when you, when you have that feeling, like how you just said you had a, you know, a calling, you feel feel like like, it's a calling. I can honestly say that just sitting here with you and having this conversation, I fucking know that (sighs) this is my space. I know it, you know, it's like, it's a visceral feeling. Sure. When you're just like, again, it doesn't mean you know the path or the path's going to be easy. It's just like, oh, my gosh, it's so – the frequency is so high mm-hmm. that you 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 cannot ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. Okay, so when can – when are we able to see this uh, piece? Probably mid to late February. I was okay. hoping sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but the – editor who so graciously offered me his services and his expertise I feel like is worth waiting for and he won't be available till the beginning to mid-February so I'm gonna hold out I'm gonna hold out for him because you know he's such a, a an expert yeah um and so what I'm gonna do in the meantime is I have the footage I can practice editing on my own anyway with what I have you know with the footage so I'm gonna play around with it on my computer and see what yeah. I come up with of course you are yeah I'm not gonna sit <laughs> around well and wait till no. it's ready oh, I'm gonna do something with Get what I have get your hands in it yeah. Yes. Yeah. how exciting well I can't wait to share it you know okay, and put cool. it out yeah absolutely yeah. I'll make sure that that's you know visible on Black Belt Beauty on the Instagram and on all the channels so cool um, wait what's the the title it's uh, it's love spoken then okay. love unsaid okay, our cool. short title is love spoken love spoken Beautiful. yeah by Josanne Marie okay Yay. and um when is this coming out 
January. January. Yeah. Isn't it so gnarly when you give yourself an actual date? Yes, you have to. The podcast launches at the end of this month, December. So the first um, guest is uh, is a friend of, of mine and my brother's for a long time who, Carla Esparza, she's a UFC fighter. She fights on the UFC card in December, wow. or um, in Vegas, December 30th. Um, my brother is her strength and conditioning coach, and she's just an amazing, amazing woman and badass fighter. So I thought, okay, I got to put this out fight week. Mm-hmm, it only makes mm-hmm. sense, like, just, sure. to, you know. Um, but it's so crazy when you actually are staring at a deadline, yeah. and you and when you... When you've put it out there. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody, guess what? Yeah. I'm doing this. Holy shit. I know. It's so, I know. It's, it's so crazy. It's making yourself, it's a very vulnerable position to be in. A hundred percent. Like, I'm already thinking about, okay, so I have to share this on, you know, my personal, you know, Instagram, which is different than Black Belt Beauty, you know, and put it out so everyone in my you know, in the makeup world, in my industry, sees that I'm also doing that. It's just this whole, it's it's crazy. And again, so we'll kind of shift. I'm taking so much of your time because no, you're, you're so good. easy. You're good. Um, I love talking to you. Um, I know that we'll do so many more. So we, you know, there's more territory to, to get to later. But I was going to say, you know, launching this podcast, doing this podcast, technically, if I had to take a test, I think I'm an ambivert, which, you know, means that obviously I can... I'm kind of right down the middle, but I actually think of being an introvert and extrovert, Mm -hmm. but I actually think that I'm more of like a 95% introvert Introvert, and maybe like 5% extrovert because most people would be like, you're not an introvert Um, unless you really are close to me because you know that I spend majority of my time by myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so happy and comfortable in my own energy. And so I'm the same way. You're the same way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We were talking about that and I love, I need it. You do. If I don't have that time, I'm, I'm crabby. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that I was that way when I had children, I didn't, wasn't as aware of myself until I had kids and I would, um, when they were babies, I would just get up right away and start taking care of them. And then I would find myself super impatient and Mm -hmm. tired and crabby and, and feel like a horrible mother. And I realized it was because I didn't have any quiet time to myself. I really needed that. And so my kids would get up early, like around six in the morning. Mm -hmm. So to, avoid having to like just deal with them immediately mm-hmm. i would get up at five o'clock in the morning just to have that hour to myself Solitude. quiet and have a cup of coffee and just gather my thoughts and get my bearings and then i was just much nicer mother <laughs> i mean you know what I, I i feel like a lot of people have maybe heard me say this already and it'll come out so much more but um, I write about it on Black Belt Beauty. I'm such a fan of a morning ritual, and yeah. I have a very, very, you know, extensive morning ritual that consists, you know, me right now not being a mom, I know this is going to shift when that happens. And it's almost like because I know that it's going to shift, I'm even more appreciative of it. Yeah. But it's like literally two hours. And it, even if That's I'm working awesome. or something, I will make sure that I get up because – First of all, I can't get out of bed and just like go start going. Yeah, I yeah. need to I like can't, I can't either. I need to like let my mind and my body kind of catch up, and 
you know, so even if that means daydreaming, and mm-hmm. so there's journaling, there's meditation, there's literally, I'm watching the birds. You can see we're at my house right now. Mm-hmm. I watch dark turn to light, and I watch the birds, which mm-hmm. to me, I, it, it's so beautiful because it reminds me every single day to be light and to be free because that's how I, you know, how I kind of receive the birds. They're mm-hmm. just cruising, you know? Yeah. So... And I, I believe that, you know, having this kind of ritual allows me to connect with my highest self. And then everything that happens after this time, I feel more of a creator than a reactor and, and extremely present um, in, throughout, you know, yeah, my day. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I probably not as militant with a morning ritual like you are, but I am. Um, I do have a morning ritual and um, a lot of the times I will do some journaling or some sort of meditation. Um, Not as disciplined as I would like to be, but I'm getting there. But um, with the days that I am good with that, especially when they're consecutive days, Mm -hmm. my days go so, so much better. You feel good. And I feel good. It's like I crave it. Oh, that's that's me. That's why I'll go to bed extra early. I don't care because it's so sacred to me it, it literally it feels like dessert mm-hmm. <laughs> like I yeah. just want to wake up and make my four sigmatic coffee which actually it doesn't start there there's like several herby drinks before that but what do you let's go into that realm for a minute uh-huh. like food what are your morning concoctions <laughs> all right this is my morning concoction lately it's a sort of hybrid of bulletproof okay but it's not quite <laughs> So, um, believe it or not, I'm going through menopause. Oh, um, shit, really? Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, because of that, um, I well, I have coffee in the morning, but when my coffee has maca powder in mm-hmm. it because of maca the, root to yes, help for the hormones. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but I actually like the taste and the coffee. It tastes really good. Really? Yeah. And I also add cocoa powder and coconut oil and collagen powder and cinnamon. Vital proteins, collagen? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, cool. And, um, and that then sounds yummy. almond and coconut milk uh, with, uh, you know, the, this the other liquid in it besides mm-hmm. my coffee. And I love that. I really look it forward to that. It sounds really nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. So very tasty and it tides me over and I don't usually eat till the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like my go-to thing in the morning that I crave. Um, I do have to take a thyroid medicine because I have Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. So depending on if I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'll take my thyroid medicine before I go back to bed because I like to have my coffee first thing, but I can't have my coffee first before thing. Yeah. I have to wait at least a half an hour. My mom, that's the yeah. same thing with her. Yeah. So it's so frustrating because I'm like, I just want to get to my coffee right away, but I have to let my body absorb the medicine first sure. before I can have the coffee. So, so there's that. Um, and then I will... Uh, do like a morning pages, um, mm-hmm. sort of like the artist way. So I write three free hand. Like the artist way is a book. I'm just going to put it out there because mm-hmm. so many people that I know love. I mean, I have it. Mm-hmm. I, I've never 
I've never tapped into it. But I haven't I, fully tapped into it except for the morning pages. Really? Yeah. I know a lot of amazing people who are all about it. Yeah. So that's really cool. I would like to, when I have the luxury of time, to sure. like really focus. But I feel like I'm doing so much that I don't just don't want to add another project. Right. That's you know? important. So I figure the morning pages are good enough. Um, and it's almost like meditation for me. So mm-hmm. it's just like you just write whatever comes to your head, even if it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Even if it's your nothing's coming to your head, then you're right nothing's coming to my head you know you yeah just, the point is just keep writing and 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 it serves as sort of like a clearing cleaning house that's your, the, literally head. my journal yeah you know? it's like it's yeah getting it all totally. out and um so that's great and then uh if i have time i'll meditate for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 mm-hmm. minutes just depending on how much time you have how yeah. much time i have and then i like to I like to work out in the morning, but also sometimes I'm, my head is better in the morning, so I like to get my thinking worked. <laughs> are so, we? We are. Yeah. We are so similar. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, yeah. Are you in my fucking head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if I don't like, I would prefer. Like, I would love to just work out first. Yeah. But then I've expended all that energy on the workout. Right. That I'm. If I have more cerebral things that are pressing, yes. I will take care of those first mm-hmm. and then work out. I'm with you. Yeah. It's such a fine, you know, it's basically it's like every day is a different day. Yeah. And as long as you're clocking in those hours at some yeah. point, you yeah. know, you're training your... Like today I'm working out with my trainer at five. Yeah. I would love to have worked out with him this morning. Right. But I had way more important things that required my thinking energy. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I'm the same way. I, today is my run the beach day. And I thought about it. I'm like, can I do it before? There is something about if you if, if you get the right dose of exercise in, mm-hmm. and studies have proven, for example, like if, if I was to go on a two-mile run, so nothing that's a big deal, something, mm-hmm. you know, but it would actually, it can stimulate, stimulate the process. The, yes. But, you know, if you go too much for sure then it can make you tired. exhausted right. yeah, yeah, yeah tired exactly so that's cool that you that you also yeah and out. i don't like to leave it that workout so late because there's always the risk of not working out exactly so <laughs> i try to get it done early, sooner than later before yeah before, yeah. yeah i'm same oh, wait okay so gosh there's so many things to talk to you about i do want to ask you or i want to put it out there and ask you jujitsu mm-hmm <laughs> Yes. So we meet and how cool and Small random. World. I kind of I laugh at the term random because I I kind of don't believe in it. But right. um, you and your daughter mm-hmm. uh, have been a part of the Woman Empowered Program at Gracie Academy okay. now Gracie University, mm-hmm. um, and the Gracie family that you know runs the program and is. They're like family to me and my family. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I train jujitsu and have for over six years, and yeah, in discovering that we were like, what? What? This Such is a so small cool. world. And then on top of that, Eve has the same manager as me. Oh wow! Wait, Norman did you, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Norman Lodge. Who the fuck is Norman Lodge? What the fuck does he want with me? That's so cool. <laughs> um, yes, Eve, one of my best friends, a, Eve Gracie, Eve yeah. Torres Gracie. Um, she, yeah, how did you, what drove you to go into, towards jujitsu, towards the Women Empowered Program? I mean, 
backing up to your childhood, you obviously mm-hmm. went through some shit that... Yeah. I mean, my uh, uh, another credit to my dad, he put me in Taekwondo when I was a kid. I took that um, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did that for a couple of years when I was a kid. And um, that he did it because I was very meek as a kid and, and I'm very okay. shy and non-confrontational. Meanwhile, I'm growing up in like freaking ghetto in the Bronx. And, then- <laughs> and, and, and being meek doesn't fly and I've had like I was being bullied at some point and all that stuff so my father was like no you need to learn how to punch and kick and so um that was good for me I did that for two years and then um so that was sort of like planted the seed of martial arts and then when I was in my 20s I did kung fu for a couple of years and um how did you was that just you that was on my own yeah just just on my own that I wanted to exercise and I wanted to have some sort of self-defense and I really loved the kung fu a lot it was very it's very beautiful um and then uh when I came out here well I wanted my daughter from little has been very shy Mm -hmm. she's really come out of her shell in a big way she's 13 now um but like it was very hard to get her to sign up for anything Mm. she didn't want to do any sports like if i left it up to her all she would do is like watch tv oh you know or like be on social media and that is just not acceptable (laughs) i am sorry that's not happening for you yeah and so um when we were moving out here, moving the kids out here a couple of years ago, I said to Ava, I was like, look, you have to do something. You can't not do anything. So here are your options. She didn't like any of them. So then I narrowed it down to two. I was like, you can do dance or you can do martial arts. I wanted her to pick the martial arts. <laughs> but because I feel like, you know, as a female, you need to know how to so protect important. yourself. You're like... Prey. I'm sorry. Literally. Children and females are prey. 100%. And so, um, you know, and she's a pretty girl on top of that. Um, so, and I wanted her to come out. I wanted her to have more confidence. Mm-hmm. I felt like she was lacking confidence. And so I really wanted her to pick the martial arts, but she didn't. She picked the dance. So she did the dance. And she didn't even want to do the dance. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I freaking paid her to take the classes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I never thought I would do this, but... You bribed your kid I, I to bri- take it. I bribed my kid. So then, so but she she completed it and she even did, and I gave her a bonus for the, <laughs> for the recital. I think there's value in that, yeah. though, you know? So, and then she was like, every day after she come out of dance class, she put her hand out. Where's money, mom? Oh, shoot. You were like five what bucks. a hustler. Five bucks. <laughs> and so then um, I, I paid her when she finished her performance for the, for the recital. <laughs> So that was a whole year, you know, like that was like, no, nine months, you know, of, of taking class and then doing the recital. And, you know, being on stage is not my daughter's thing. Like she's not me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I could separate that. And I get that. But there's value into being able to present yourself in front of people. And as an adult, no matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert, at yeah. some point in time, you have to get up in front of people. Yes, you do. You need to be able to hold your own and, and present yourself. And so to me, there's value in, in taking acting classes or taking dance classes or martial arts. Mm-hmm. So um, so she completed it. And I, so the following year, I said, um, okay, so you will be doing dance again. <laughs> and I will not be paying you this time. <laughs> and she was like, ugh. Um, and I said, and on top of that, since you survived the dance, you're going to do martial arts as well. 
She was like, I hate you. Literally told me she hated me. You're making me. I hate you. I hate you. And it, it's very hard to be in that position as a parent because you don't want to hear your kids saying that to you. And of like, course. I'm like, am I doing the wrong thing? Should I not be forcing her? Is that wrong? Is that wrong? And then I just went with my instincts and I made her go. And I said, look, I'm going to take the class with you. So it's not like you're going to be by yourself. That's cool, that leading by example thing. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then I got a friend of hers to sign up too. So, so you know, just to make so it easier more for fun her. And so then we did it for like nine months that next year uh, taking did you, the class. Did you go to the... Um like the free seminar, how did you find? No, I just, I did a lot of research on all the schools cool. around and to me that was the best one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad, so glad we, we went and a month later after taking, or two months later after taking the, the classes, mm-hmm. my daughter admits to me that she loved it. Oh. Which was so. That's so. So rewarding. For and me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Because uh, I, here I was like, I hate you. Yeah. I'm, I'm forcing her and. And then she admitted to me that she loved it. So then when we decided, okay, this year we sent the kids back to, to New York. Yeah. I said, you're going to continue jujitsu. <laughs> and she goes. Look on your face. I know. Oh, because that's, that's my mommy look. So good. I love like, it. I don't mess with <laughs> I love it. So everyone goes, oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> if you only knew, I'm a Latina mother. I am a Latina mother. <laughs> that's so serious. At the end of the day. So, um, and she goes, but it's not going to be Eve and Henner. Oh. And I don't want anybody else but Eve and Henner. I'm like, well, you're doing it. <laughs> I'm going to find a school for you. And all last summer, I went to about 10 schools looking all over for the right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. They raised the bars really it, high it with those super, ones. It was so, I mean, really none of them fit. Yeah. None of them fit. I was trying to get the same thing, but it's impossible. It's impossible. But I did end up settling on the Bronx um, Bronx Martial Arts Academy. Yeah? Yeah. And um, she likes it. She does? Yeah. Good. She's doing it. That's so and great. My, I got my son signed up, and he's doing... Yeah. And at this school, they do karate and jujitsu. Right. So my son is doing two classes in a row twice a week. And then my daughter's just doing the jujitsu, and we have her in, in a fitness class now with oh. her friends at, at a gym. So. Oh, that's so good yeah. because, you know, it's well, it's so good for so many reasons, but I really think that because I was an athlete um, up until I was 16, that's when I took Taekwondo, I blew out my knee, and yeah, I was a mess after that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I had three knee surgeries. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it was gnarly. And then all I cared about was surfing anyways. So anyways, that's a whole different story. But, you know, growing up and and having that, before that, so my dream when I was a kid for a while was like to be like Flojo, right? I was a a runner. I I was fast. I I did cross country. I ran the 800, the 1500. There's so much discipline that goes into, you know, being in a sport. Mm -hmm. And I feel so, the connection in sport to life is it, it's it's incredible. It's like, that's why people ask me all the time, what are you training for? For Just life. random. That's exactly. Life. So that's why. For life, yeah. Life is my sport. I bought that fucking dot com. It was available. Yes. Because it's true, you know, sometimes you need to, you need to be fast. You need to have, you definitely have to have endurance. You mm-hmm. need to have, sometimes you need to be still. Sometimes you have to know how to breathe. Like yoga mm-hmm. teaches you that. There's all these things that you can take from sport physical activity mm-hmm. and apply it to well here's my thing 
my grandmother's gonna be 95 in March. If I live as long as my yeah. grandmother, yeah, there is no fucking way that I'm gonna be out with a cane. No, I want to be like my grandmother. She does not have a cane. She walks every day. You know, she has arthritis. She has her little issues here and there, but she is so with it, and she's spry, and she can move. Love it. And um, I just want to have quality of life. Yes. You know, if I, however long I live, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be suffering. No. You know? And I want to be around for my kids and, and their kids and, you know. For sure. I just want quality of life. Yeah, you want to put more years in your life. So it's not even necessarily how long because I'm such a biology junkie and longevity is so important to me. And, and it's it's about, you know, even if it ends up being, let's just say, 80, mm-hmm. which I don't think. I think it's going to be longer. But anyways, <laughs> if it ends up being that, it's more about, like, where are you cognitively? Are you, yeah. you know, I want to be 70 and, like, running 5K is like it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's that same thing where you're Definitely. just, you're alert, you're here, you're not. And the thing is, is that life can be that way. Mm-hmm. You have I to make a that. choice. I believe that. I mean, it's proven, you know, it's, yeah. it's, if you're doing things to promote optimal health and that means even, you know, your state of mind, it's not just working out every day. It's what you're eating. It's your relationships, you know, the information you digest, mm-hmm. the time that you take for yourself. It's everything. All these things that, you know, we've touched on too, they promote, you know, this kind of optimal state of living. And I mean, that's black belt beauty is feel good, look good perform good mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it's there i there there's I so much it. value in that and i feel like you're living it and um, day in day out you you totally are <laughs> this my is best. Like, and that's all you best. can do exactly and remembering that you know what there's a lot of people who are not even trying right and the that's the difference mm-hmm. is that y- you are yes and your hunger i can't i have a thirst for like yeah i don't know to learn, to be better, to grow, to grow. I have this like insatiable thirst. I've I kind of always been that way. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, and I enjoy it though. It's fun to me to oh, learn. I think it's things. visible that you're yeah. in enjoying it. You know, I don't feel, and regardless of whether there's challenge or, or doubt or worry, I don't feel, and I, I know I can probably be speaking for everyone who observes you, but it, you're not, it's a, you're loving your process, you know, you're vulnerable, you're accepting, you're, and that is a part of loving because, you know, you're not, you're, you, you know, I say this on Black Belt Beauty, I feel like you're on your team mm-hmm. and that's so yes. fucking important because if you're Absolutely. not on your team, like who, who's going to be on your who's team? Who's going to want to be on your team? Exactly. Damn, people only want to be on a winning team. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. They don't feel like you're you're a winner or you believe you're a winner. Exactly. They don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. We so are. Wait, let me look at the time. No, I know. I'm going to. Oh we God, just attacked to two and a half hours. No. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh God. Let me, I want to, um, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I'm so grateful. You're getting on a plane. Oh my God, this is crazy tomorrow. Okay. So where can people find you, follow you, keep up with the amazing 
life that you are creating and living? Sure. Um, the Probably the best and most fun is Instagram, which is uh, at Andrea Navetto. And I'm also under the same handle at Andrea Navetto on Facebook and Twitter. Cool. Um, but I, I f- tend to favor uh, Instagram, then Facebook, then Twitter. That's like my, my priority. <laughs> okay, perfect. And I'll, I'll put the proper spelling in everywhere too. And Jane so. the Virgin, of course. Yes. Jane the Virgin is on Netflix as well. It's on the CW network. Um, so season four is airing on CW, but the first three seasons of Jane the Virgin are on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Yay. That's so exciting. Um, again, thank you. I feel like we have so much more to tap into. Yes, and, and so- we'll, you know, there's going to be other things oh, because there'll yeah. be other projects and you'll be yes. even deeper and more I know, bigger it's, into your into Black Belt Beauty and everything you're doing. And so we're going to have plenty to talk about. We, exactly. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> so excited. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm going to wrap out. All right. Later, guys. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I'm so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at blackbeltbeauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again and I'll catch you on the next one.